Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka, and I am joined today by an extremely special guest. We tease it on social media over the week. Um, you know, it's probably our biggest guest to date by far. Uh, we have Mike Payton here from Pride of Detroit. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, Rob. Thanks for having me. I am elated. You know, when I reached out to you earlier this week, I was like, man, if he says no, he says no. But if he could be on, that would be great. And the reason why I think you are the perfect person to be on this show is because not only are you a Lions fan, not only do you follow Detroit sports and you write about Detroit sports for a living, but also you're a big wrestling fan as well. And the fans of my show, I feel like are just like you, where we can enjoy sports and entertainment at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, I, these are my loves. These are the things yeah. that I've loved my entire life. So yeah, yeah. happy to talk about them. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I think we should just jump right in here. Um, just first off, I just kind of, uh, you know, what, you know, who, who is Mike Payton, right? Tell us about yourself and, you know, where you've been, what you're doing now, any of the social media, anything you get a plug going forward. And we'll get to that again at the end of the show. But, um, you know, who is Mike Payton? Why is it? Why am I geeking out so hard? <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I am a uh, columnist. I cover the Detroit Lions. Uh, I have for the last eight years in mm-hmm. a multitude of different uh, uh, positions and different uh, sites and, and whatnot. Right now, I'm with Pride of Detroit. I've been there for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's been a really cool thing to cover this team. I obviously grew up loving this team, so to yeah. have some access and be able to kind of go behind the scenes and at practice and camp and the games and whatnot, that's Right. That's been uh, that's been kind of a lifelong dream that I'm some you know I'm achieving at the moment. So right. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. No, for sure. I love Pride Detroit. The website. That I mean, that thing is. I mean, you guys do such a great job. If if you if you're listening to this right now and you're a Detroit Lions fan and you don't go to Pride Detroit on a pretty consistent basis, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, it's the it's it's it. I feel like it's one of those few places for Lions fans that's a bit of an oasis because it's it's not only it's about it's just specifically the team but also i think you guys give such a fair take it's it's so unbiased it's it's straight to the point and there's you know what i mean and it it can be hard at times i think to be a lions fan i think you guys do a really great job of giving the entire picture good good or bad is is irrelevant it's just a solid straight to the point and it's it's about the lions and and that's important well, I, you know, I appreciate hearing that from anybody, anytime anybody says something like that, you know, that's what we strive to do. We want to be, we want to be one of the best uh, Lions, you know, coverage that you can get in Detroit. And, yeah. and in the grand scheme of things, SB Nation is a huge site that features, you know, a, a site for each team and we want to be one of the best. So that's, it's great to hear that people think we're doing a good job. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. I, I mean, I was turned on to you guys a few years ago and it was like, Oh my gosh, this is everything. Cause you don't see it from ESPN. You don't see it from any of the big places, you know, and as, as we'll talk about here, the, the narrative about Detroit and, and this team in particular, now with the success of Stafford leaving, it's like, man, this is really taking a, a turn toward the wrong way here. Um, but let's just jump right in though, man, because I think, you know, this off season is so pivotal for this Detroit lions team. Right. And, right. you know, we're going to, I'm going to ask you the big Stafford question here a little bit later on, but you know, you wrote a, you wrote an article literally today, it dropped this morning as the day we're recording. And I, you know, I read it this morning and uh, I have, I have a lot of questions basically, you know, especially about, about this draft and, you know, and it kind of ties into the Stafford thing, right. With the compensation they got from Stafford. Um, 
the first question I guess I got to ask you is about one of your points here, and it's about Malik Willis and, and this quarterback class, right? You, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you have been a very steadfast in saying the Lions should not take a quarterback this year. You think that they may have something in golf, or if nothing else, they can afford to wait. Um, now with the talk of Malik Willis, the Lions really gushed over him during senior bowl week. Uh, what, what about him? Do you think he is their guy? I have some thoughts on it, but I'd like to hear your take. Yeah. You know, the, the thoughts on Malik Willis are this, like he had an amazing, amazing week in Alabama. And I know that that can tend to be a, uh, a thing that we maybe, um, overpraise a little bit. Hey, it was just a week. Right. It was just a week in Alabama, but to show up the way that he did in front of, you know, every team in, in the NFL was there scouts, mm-hmm. everybody was there, head coaches, you name it. They had somebody there. Yeah. Uh, to show up the way that he did, that that says a lot. Obviously, this is a guy that has tremendous athleticism. Uh, you look at the Lions last year. Jared Goff took 35 sacks. Obviously, that was down from what Matthew Stafford was was taking when he was here. Right. Uh, which I'm sure he's happy to be away from that now. But, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but, you know, Jared Goff doesn't have that mobile athleticism that uh, Malik Willis can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And what Malik Willis does have again, is that, that, uh, mobile athleticism, but he's got a heck of an arm as well. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy throws a Matthew Stafford type pass. He's, he's going to hurt receivers hands when they catch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what he doesn't have quite yet is the right knowledge to, to be a good quarterback. So it kind of works out perfect for the Lions situation. They're going to have Jared Koff on this uh, team next year, no matter what happens, right. whether they take a quarterback or not, right. but if they do, they can have Jared Goff play out the season, give Malik Willis time to understand the game, learn the game, maybe at the end of the season, depending on how things are going, he comes in, he gets some playing time. Uh, But more than likely he, you know, golf is going to be a bridge for one more year. The Lions have an out after the 2022 season, right? You can throw Malik Willis right to the fire. Right. It's very, very similar to the Niners uh, aspect. I, I also think that they're going to be in on him at least, from the perspective of if they're going to take one, he seems like their build. I don't know how much, and I read a lot into the post-draft press conference last year by Brad Holmes, when I know some people out there really wanted the Carolina Panthers trade for Stafford, right? You get Bridgewater and the number eight. I've always been a proponent of not that trade. I think they took the best trade with the Rams deal. The reason why I say that is a lot of people really thought that, okay, Justin Fields could have been the pick for the lions, right? Or should have been the pick. Now take, not even a, it's not even a take upon Justin Fields, but in that post draft press conference, you know, the question was asked, were they in on any quarterback? And the only name that, that came out of Brad Holmes mouth was Trey Lance. He didn't mention Fields. He only mentioned Lance. So to me, that says a couple of things. It says, A, okay, they at least did the due diligence on the quarterback class like they were supposed to. And B, they are looking for that uber athletic guy that may have some raw traits, but they think can be a guy that they can really develop. And maybe he doesn't have to play right away, but as a guy that has all the raw tools possible to be a franchise quarterback. Did you, do you kind of see those similarities between where Trey Lance was last year and where Malik Willis is this year in, in sort of that process? I think that, I think that Willis may be a little bit closer to Justin Fields than he is to Trey Lance, but okay. I think that there's still, there's some comparable, you know, thing there with, with Lance as well. Yeah. I, I think that Willis can, can certainly be a now, Temper your expectations. Yeah, of he course. He could be yeah. a Lamar Jackson-like quarterback. Yeah. You know, a guy that has a tremendous athleticism, can throw the ball. 
right. but but he needs time. You know, Lamar was ready right away. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not going to be like that with Malik Wills, and obviously, it's not like that with Trey Lance either. Right. So, you know, it really depends on 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 how things go, how things fall. Is anybody going to offer a trade up? I don't think the Lions should take him at two. No. I know some some people think that that could be a possibility. Yeah. He's not he's not going to get out of the top ten. No, you know the the prior belief was that he could fall as far as the third round, but no, that senior bowl thing it really does change teams' minds. I mean, Ezekiel Ansa a few years back, great yep. example. This is a guy that was not on a top ten radar, had a tremendous week in Alabama, wound up taking fifth overall. So, right. you know, it, it, their lines are going to have to trade up or trade down. And that's the only way they can come away with him. And if they don't come away with Malik Willis, then then they probably shouldn't come away with a quarterback. They can wait till next year. CJ Stroud will be coming out. A couple other guys will be there. Yep. We still don't really know what Jared Goff can do. Uh, I mean, I know that you look at the first half of the season, and obviously yep. that's bad. You know, Jared <laughs> Goff is really bad. Yeah, for sure. But once Dan Campbell took over play calling, you see a huge difference in yep. Jared Goff's play, in Jared Goff's confidence. Mm-hmm. Give them a year of that. Yep. Who knows? Well, also too, you give them a, a full year of Amon Ross St. Brown feeling himself, right? And and you talk about too the receiving depth, and you mentioned even in your article, right? Maybe a Chris Godwin or somebody maybe possibly yeah. being addressed. I know a lot of Lions fans, myself included. I love Chris Olave. They're not going to get him at thirty-two. Obviously, that's not going to yeah. be a thing. Um, and obviously, they're not going to take him at two. But I do think wide receiver is another area of depth that they need to address to help Goff to really get that full picture of golf. Right. And I think that's something that you've been kind of pounding the table for throughout the season is look at what he has to work with and then look at, right. And say, what are you expecting to happen? He's already a downgrade from Stafford anyway. And now you're going to pair him with a whole bunch, a lot less weapons than Stafford had. And you go, what, what, what were the exalts that you're expecting? Even if they try to run the ball 30 times a game, when he does throw, no one's open. No, nobody's there. So I think you're spot on in saying it, regardless of what you think about golf, they are going to have to give him a chance because if he's their answer, it solves a lot of problems. Right. And you know, you talk about, and this might be a bold statement for some yeah. people to hear, but you talk about quarterbacks, making your receivers better. Mm-hmm. Amon Ra doesn't, start to really get hot until Jared Goff started to really get hot. I yeah, mean, absolutely. So I think you really have to keep that in mind. I'm not yeah. saying that, that J- Jared Goff is Patrick Mahomes or anything <laughs> at all. Yeah. I'm not saying he's even a second tier guy, but if, if yeah. you can get Jared Goff's best, which that 2018 type season from the Rams, mm-hmm. that's not bad. And no. if you get some receivers around him, who knows? You right. Know? Right. And, you, and you're building an offensive line that you think can be top five in football. You saw that the run game drastically improved this year. Obviously, there was a contingent to make sure that that got done. But also, we did see an improvement in the run game as a whole. You've got you're at least three running backs deep, if not four with Jamar Jefferson, if you want to throw him in there as well. So there's a lot of positive things to come out of this Lions team. Um, as we kind of head into this offseason, now free agency is like a month away to the date when we're recording this. Um, I know you mentioned Marcus Williams, you mentioned uh, Chris Godwin. Um, I want to focus a little bit more on the defense, though, when it comes to edge rusher in particular. Now, there's some people that are you're already assuming it's Thibodeau or it's Hutchinson. Uh, I know a lot of people like Ojabo, uh, if, if you maybe could have got him later. I don't think at that now at 32, I think that's out of the realm of possibility. But are you at all concerned? 
that maybe somebody and not, this isn't a dig, but like like a Kyle Hamilton is in that mix at number two if they stay at two. My my reasoning behind that is is because the amount of times they've gushed over a guy like Charles Harris, they're getting Aquara back off of injury. I we don't know what they're going to do with Trey Flowers. I have a massive concern that they will maybe not look at edge rusher as a big enough need as they should because, okay, well, Charles Harris had, you know, eight sacks this year. We didn't have our best pass run, Romeo. Trey got hurt, and they maybe don't get to see the full complement of what they already have on their roster. That, to me, is a bit concerning because if they don't come out with a better pass rush this season, it's going to be really difficult for this defense to get off the field. Uh, Yeah, I mean – I think that edge rusher is going to be an important thing for them. I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to be an important thing for them in free agency. Okay. When, when you look at what's available, there's a lot of guys that are a little long in the tooth. Right. Absolutely. To, uh, you know, and, and there's going to be guys like Vaughn Miller who he's not going to leave LA no. and, and, you know, just kind of looking at some of the other names on here, Jason, yeah. Pierre, Paul, Calais Campbell, right. these guys are, you know, past the point where you're going to want to go out and try to get these guys. Yeah. So I think that you're going to be looking more to the Lions working on the secondary and re- receiver in free agency, and they're going to go all in on edge in the draft, which is why it's it's not out of the, the realm of possibility that they do just stay at two. They yep. get a Kayvon or an Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Maybe they trade down. They get a Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, there's a lot of options there. It's actually a pretty decent uh, edge rushing class. I did right. an interview with Dane Brugler from The Athletic this uh, this week, and he had – a ton of good things to say about this, this edge rushing class. So I think the lions will be fine if they, if they do not spend any money on that position in free agency. Who do, but, you, do you have a preference on Kayvon or, or Aiden Hutchinson? Do you have a preference in particular for you? Yeah, I, I think I, for me, it's Kayvon, you know, I've, okay. I've got you know, Aiden Hutchinson's a fine player and he's going to yeah. be good in, in, in the NFL. I'm, I'm sure of it, but I, I like that uh, this, the length and the speed that Kayvon can bring around that edge. I just, uh, you know, I just think that's the better way to go. Obviously, you know, the national championship game uh, was was not, or not, or excuse me, the uh, the semifinal, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bowl, the bowl game uh, yeah. was was not that great for Aiden. And yeah. when you see him go up against a big team like Georgia, and and he really miffed. I mean, it was pretty bad. And uh, you know, I I don't think that should rule out his entire year because he did have a great year. He had oh, a yeah, really absolutely. good year, especially that game against Ohio State. He was all over the place. Best player on the field, but yep. but when you know, in the big moment like that, I, I don't know. I, I I just didn't see. I think he's still going to be obviously top yeah. one or two drafted, maybe three, depending on what the Jaguars do. But right, I, I like Kayvon a little more. Really, uh, that's interesting. You're the first person I've talked to in a while. Obviously, I'm not talking to big NFL pundits like you are on a daily basis, but like um, I've seen a lot of people more lean towards more Hutchinson, just because I think it's more of a high floor than than T- Kayvon. Kayvon to me is is definitely one of those guys where I feel like either he's going to come in here, he's going to be awesome, or is a guy where you're going to go, ooh, man, this is – I don't want to throw Vernon Golston out there because that's a mass overreaction, but that's the first name that always goes to my mind, right, where a guy yeah. who's just like, man, he's got every athletic trait possible, and it just doesn't click for him at that <clears> level. So I think that's why – you're start. You're seeing a lot of people. Obviously, the mission connection obviously helps as well. But right. lean towards Hutchinson over Thibodeau uh, in a lot of pundits. What is there? Do you not have that risk for for him a, a little bit, or is that kind of one of those? Well, no matter who you draft, there's always that risk. Yeah, I think no matter who you draft, there's always that risk. I yeah. I think I think Kayvon is is a stud athlete, and mm-hmm. uh, it, and look, I mean, if the Lions draft Aiden Hutchinson, that's 
that's not a bad pick. No, I mean, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be upset. I don't yeah, think yeah. anybody should either, mm-hmm. either way, no matter what they do. I, I don't think you can miss with either one of these guys Yeah, uh, with Aiden, you know, and, and this is, you know, it's not, it's not big uh, strategy talk or anything, but yeah. I'm just, I look at Aiden and I say, well, you know, I think people like him because he plays for Michigan and yeah. I think they think he's going to be TJ Watt. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I just think everybody needs to slow down on that. He's going to be a great player. He's going to be a great player. Maybe he can be a TJ Watt type guy mm-hmm. down the road. Right. But I, I, I honestly, I, I just think Kayvon's the better way to go. But again, you can't, you can't really miss either one. Yeah. I, I don't think there's that miles Garrett pass rusher in this class, regardless. I know some people are really trying to, bump it up to that level i just don't see that i missed yeah. on tj watt hard i didn't see this coming so i was a guy who was like i don't i don't see the comparison so i can't say anything about tj watt i whiffed completely on my evaluation of him going into the going hey, into the nfl <laughs> lots of people lots of people miss i wanted d milliner and not darius slay yep, i yeah i said that I one wrong. too <laughs> Yeah, I was good with that one. I was okay with them taking uh, Gilbert, uh, the corner that Cleveland took the year they took Ebron. I was yeah. like, oh, they take Justin Gilbert. I guess I won't be upset. And then they took Ebron instead of Aaron Donald, and we cry every day about it. That's okay. <laughs> um, right? No kidding. Let, let's let's talk. I, let's get to this before we transition to to the wrestling talk here. The Matthew Stafford talk is abundant right now, right? I don't think I've ever heard this man's name talked about more in the last. Yeah. 48 to 72 hours than right now. Um, you know, and obviously it comes around, you know, he's, you know, I'm a big staffer guy. I've always been a staffer guy forever. If anybody looks at my Facebook or Twitter timeline, it's pretty much all him. Um, but you know, he gets the win obviously, right. Has a great postseason, all that jazz. And now we're getting to that talk of, is he a hall of famer? Now in my mind, I look and I say, He's going to be, in my opinion, he's going to have the numbers by the end of it. He's going to have a winning record as a quarterback, probably as long as the Rams don't implode. Um, you know, and I'm, I foresee a couple more playoff wins. I don't even know if he gets to another Super Bowl. I think that's hard to predict, but outside of the, I think he's going to have everything that you want. We're seeing now the Richard Sherman's of the world coming out and being like, well, he doesn't have any pro bowls or all pros and that stuff. No MVPs. Um, but I just look at the numbers and I look at everything else and I go, he's got better resumes than some of these other guys statistically that are already in the hall. You know what I mean? I mean, if we're putting Kurt Warner into the hall of fame, I get it. He has a couple MVPs and he's got a ring, but he was also a backup for about eight years in between his two runs in Arizona and the Rams. So yeah. uh, where are you at on that? Um, I know it's hard to predict right now. And I don't like, you know, jabbing at a guy legacy wise when he just won the biggest game of his career, but I just, I just don't understand how people are like, there's no way he gets in because he doesn't have enough pro bowls. Cause that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, I've talked to hall of fame voters about this yeah. very subject. Yeah. Pre- previous to Matthew Stafford winning this, you know, the mm-hmm. super bowl the past right. Sunday or the Rams quarterback yeah. wins aren't, aren't real. A hundred percent. A gajillion percent. Thank you for saying it <laughs> once again. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with a few hall of fame voters and, mm-hmm. and the, and what it really comes down to is, and I, I know the all, the all pros and the pro bowls and, and the, you know, the special awards and everything, they don't, yeah. they don't mean that much to you and me, right. But they do mean a lot to those hall of fame voters, almost okay. more, almost more than, than the stats do. I mean, Look, I get a lot of flack for it, but look at Brett Favre. He's thrown more <laughs> interceptions than any yeah. any quarterback in history. Right. He's in the hall. Yeah. And because he's got those awards and he's got yeah. moments. And yeah. I know you brought up Kurt Warner. The fact is that 
they made a movie about that. Moment. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah we got it. Yeah. <laughs> he captivated the nation, man. Yeah, and and right. Matthew Stafford hasn't done that. And and that's not that's not the requisite. That's not the only requisite to get yeah, in. Because sure. I, I, I'm with you. If, if Stafford continues to play, and which I don't think this guy's walking away for a long time. No. There's a very good chance he breaks Drew Brees' record before he retires. He might retire with you know that one Super Bowl and some other playoff wins. He'll, mm-hmm. I, I think he'll be a Pro Bowl guy next year, uh, All Pro guy next year probably too. I think that once you walk away with that record, with that ring, mm-hmm. I think there's a better chance that that he can go in. But if you're asking me right now, I, I, I gotta say no. I, yeah. I don't. I just, I just knowing if it were me picking, he's in for sure. Yeah. But just knowing what I know from those voters, it, right. They, they, they want to see those things, man. Right. You don't, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, right? Because I looked at, you know, back to back to back game winning drives. Right. And, and we of Detroit have seen this for years, right. Where, you know, like even last year, the Falcons game, right. To go down the field with a minute left, no timeouts, you go down the field and you score. Right. And, and it's one of those to get them back to 500. Everyone thinks, all right, they're going to turn the corner and then everything falls to shit. But at, at the time, right. You're like, that's vintage Stafford. And we saw it now on the biggest of stages possible, you know, yeah. do you think that that is at the end of the day, what we're going to remember him for? Because I, that's what I think of. And I think Colin Coward made a great point of that where, you know, you have that moment or you have that identity, you have something that when you think about X person, you think about that, right? Brady, it's, well, every time Brady touched the ball, you think something was going to happen, right? Same thing with, with Rogers or, you know, certain guys, you just have that stigma around you at this point, beating three good teams, winning the Super Bowl. And, and, and all that and coming back to do it all three times, I feel like that's gotta be what Matthew Stafford's going to be known for is that comeback is that it's, if you get, if he's got a shot to win it with a minute and a half left, he's going to get it done more times than not. Yeah. And then that certainly could be something that, you know, a lot of guys like, like Kurt Warner or Doug Flutie. I mean, these guys, they have, they have moments where they captivated the nation and, And uh, Matthew Stafford, he sort of did that. I think, yeah. I think he did, you know, a lot of people forget that he hurt his ankle, like yeah. a drive earlier. Yeah. And there wasn't enough pomp and circumstance put around that yeah. for, for him to lead that final drive on a bad, right. on a bad ankle while limping out there. Mm-hmm. I think if there were a little bit more pomp and circumstance, the conversation would be totally different today, but yeah. He no sold it. Unlike Burrow, Burrow was screaming in agony. He no so he just got right up and walked out the field. And I went, I didn't milk it enough. <laughs> and that's that's what Matthew does. I mean, yep. like I I sent out a tweet that night. If yep. you could chop his foot off, and he's going back out there. Yeah. And that's just that's just been the way that Matthew is. But I I think that you know I think that yeah I think that's what he's going to be remembered for is being a gunslinger, being a comeback kid. Mm-hmm. I think that you know that's how people will remember his Lions moments. Anytime mm-hmm. that. Anytime that Matthew Stafford had a big national exposure during Detroit, it was always, it was the Dallas game. It was, you know, the Cleveland game, the Washington game, some of those games where he Mm -hmm. came back, you know, those, that's what he's known for. That's his thing. So, yeah, I mean, that'll be his moniker until the end of time. Um, Will that be big enough to get him in the hall? I don't, I don't know. It just depends on what he does from here. Yeah, for sure. If he falls off a cliff, then obviously the argument's right. a lot more dead. But I just don't see it happening. Super happy for him. I know some people were like, well, you now you ruined your draft status. But quite frankly, 28 to 32, it, it doesn't really hurt me all that much. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the draft, the, the draft, uh, you know, talent doesn't fall off after the 10th pick. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why there's seven rounds and you can got you always could 
Tom Brady was the sixth round pick. I mean, there's yeah. always guys in the draft that you can get. Doesn't matter if you're at 32 or you're at eight, which is what yeah. they would have been with uh, the Panthers last year. They weren't going to take Justin Fields last year, anyways. Nope, Doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. It's my point all the way through. Yep, that's always been my point. I go, they weren't in on Justin Fields. They, they no. if they take Micah Parsons, fine. But I don't. That's not wasn't what was going to happen. So uh, right. let's let's transition though. I want to transition to some wrestling talk here. Um, because you know, you, you post a ton about wrestling, especially when, you know, events are going on and stuff like that. I, I love your insights. A lot of times, um, you follow all the major products just get, you know, what, what is your background? Did, did you ever write for it or any particular time? Have you always just been a fan? Did, have you grown up a fan or is it something you kind of stumbled upon later in life or, you know, tell me about the, the wrestling Mike Payton. Yeah. You know, for me, it was, uh, I have been a wrestling fan for a very, very long time. I mean, how, how old are you, Rob? Uh, I'm 27. I've literally okay. been a fan since day one. My first right. two birthday gifts were wrestlers. So, okay. So I've, <laughs> I was a fan before that. I'm 36. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, for me, like, oh, my dog's barking. No, you're good. Sorry. You're absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was, it was WrestleMania 14. Yep. And it wasn't Austin versus Michaels. It was Taka Michinoku versus uh, the guy who would be Papi Chulo or S.A. Yep, Rios. Yep, Aguilar. Yep, Aguilar yep. was the mm-hmm. thing. Yep. That was like the first wrestling match that I had ever really sat down and watched. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking back at it now. It's not the greatest match in the world. But no, no. Looking at it then, I'm watching Taka Michinoku fly over the top yep. uh, rope uh, to the outside. I'm watching Aguilar do a flying her Karanas. And I just kind of, I just fell in love. Yeah. And that whole show is just, is, is great. Or it's yeah. great to me. I mean, absolutely. Look in the grand scheme, uh, scheme yeah. of things, you know, 17 where it's oh, yeah. 17 is the best of WrestleMania of all time. No, no arguments here. Yeah. But 14, you know, it, I fell in love with that tape. I got it for my birthday, mm-hmm. watched it over and over and over to it. Just didn't even play anymore. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've been a wrestling fan since, you know, since about then. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, for me, you know, being born, you know, at, you know, 94. So I missed a lot of that, you know, early on when I was younger, writing to see it or, you know, I was going to bed at nine. So I catch raw for an hour and I don't get any of the good stuff or what have you. So going back and watching and, and, and revisiting, right, I've been a fan basically all my life. Give me your thoughts. You know, you mentioned 14, right? And that's such a pivotal moment. You know, Austin wins the title. You know, it's it's it literally kicks off everything for for so many things. Um, g- give me your thoughts on the, on the current product, though, because, you know, we make so much about the ratings and this and that and everything else. And now we've got AEW in here. WWE is a billion dollar company now. They're publicly traded. You've got all these other smaller, you know, promotions. The NWA is making a comeback. You've got Impact still. Ring of Honor is going to be coming back. You've got, you know, even companies now like Game Changer Wrestling are getting big time exposure, going to Hammerstein. You know, thought. Give me your thoughts on the current product as a whole, because you know, for as many highs as there is, there's so many lows too, and it just feels like wrestling fans nowadays are just so they're just so fickle and they're so hard on the product and it's, and there's no time anymore to just be like, you know what? I may not have enjoyed that, but this over here was really good. I don't think we get enough yeah. of that anymore. It's, it's a really interesting time. You know, I grew up in the Monday night wars era yep. and I was always a WWE guy, you know, yep. Nitro would come on maybe and Nitro would come on an hour before raw would, cause it used to be three hours and yep. it would be on, it would be on, five minutes later than raw. So yeah. I would always watch that first hour of nitro watch raw last five minutes of nitro. <laughs> and, and I thought that was fine. You could, you can watch both. You can be a fan of both. It w- it didn't really occur to me at the time. Like it, as much as it does now that there yeah. are 
there are people who are WWE and they were WCW. Yeah. And, and they were not, there was no mixture between no. those. And, and I think that you're with, with, with social media kind of adding to that now, you know, there are people who will only watch AEW, will never watch WWE. Right. And there are people who are the, you know, the opposite yeah, way. Of course. I love them both. I don't see anything wrong with watching them both. Yep. I mean, I know that right now, WWE's kind of on, on the shit list for everybody. <laughs> and, and, and they should be. I mean, that Royal Rumble was, was rough. It was rough. It was really bad. I yeah, mean, it, it was, was not good. It was not good. It, it was like watching, you know, like something from 1995. Was, you yeah. know, that Rumble was Matt, also really bad. <laughs> Matt, Matt Cap Moss, like yeah. Matt yeah. Cap Moss out there eliminating AJ Styles. That's, yeah. that's horrible. What are you doing? And, yeah, you know, sure. to, to hear from guys like Sean Ross Sapp that there was, there's a lot of morale, uh, down yeah. morale coming mm-hmm. off of stuff like that. It's not surprising me. But, you know, we've been in this position with WWE before, again, to go back to 95, you know, yeah. in 96. Things eventually started changing. I don't know if you listen to Bruce Pritchard's. Oh, I love it. Love podcast. the podcast. I listen to all of all of Conrad's stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. love Conrad's stuff. Love it. Love it. Um, you know, he uh, Bruce would often say that Vince just needed a hit, and I yep. think that's where he's at right now. And I think mm-hmm. he has the opportunity to oh, capitalize yeah. that, especially with Cody Rhodes. Yep. You got this this Stone Cold Steve Austin thing coming on. Yep. There was some report earlier today from Meltzer. Now I know it's Meltzer, but yeah, yeah. But that there's a there's at least supposed to be one more Austin level surprise coming yep. from Mania. It's probably yep. going to be The Rock. Yeah, um, would love it. So he's got an opportunity to really shake things yeah. up and really have kind of this big creative, uh, yeah, moment. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what for happens. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. that's what and you know that's the funny thing. And I think sometimes I think we forget as fans, right? Like, you know. AEW is doing a lot of great things for a lot of people, right? And for a lot of those stars that w- we're never going to go to WWE for one reason or another, right? But WWE, it's 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 apples and oranges in a lot of respects, right? I know it's wrestling at the end of the day, but as we both know, Vince has never looked at the WWE as wrestling. He just never has. It's never been about that. He is about moments. In 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 the words of his man, we're making movies, pal. Like that's that's right. what he's always been about. And I think you're dead on. I. I have been so hard on the, on the bandwagon of Roman Reigns over the last year and a half. I think he's oh, doing same. his best. I mean, I've, I've, Love I've it. said it and my co-host, he, he, I think he's a bigger AEW guy than I am. I think I'm more of a WWE guy just by, you know, our, our brought up, but to me, he's been the number one guy in the world. And I don't think anybody can touch him right now from a performance, from a character perspective. I know a lot of people are on the Kenny thing. I know a lot of people are loving hangman right now, but from a from from the in-ring work to character work to drawing power i don't think that anybody has been able to top roman and i give the and that's the thing i think that frustrates fans is when you see something like roman or you see moments or years like drew mcintyre had two years ago that rumble moment when he eliminates lesnar or when he beats him and that kind of thing and those are the things that where you go wwe does it better than anybody those are the moments and i think that's what frustrates a lot of fans at times is we have to sometimes dig through so much garbage to get back to those moments where you go, why can't, why don't we, why don't we get this? Why can't we get, give me this on a consistent basis rather than I got to sit through Brock winning the rumble when everybody knows you can get there without Brock winning the rumble. Everybody knows that it's going to happen. It's just one of those things where I think it's, I think wrestling fans sometimes immediately just go, well, this sucked and everything about it sucks. So I'm, I'm going to completely forget all the other good things that are happening 
on this show or this with this brand and similar to AEW, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not a big Keith Lee guy. I just, am just not for whatever reason. I've never, nothing wrong with his in-ring work. It's just his, his, his promo and his, he's never made me want to watch him. Let me put it that way. Um, but AEW, right, I think is now falling into the problem that WCW did, where I think they're giving away too much for free. I don't know how you feel about that, but like giving away punk MJF on television, I thought was a mistake. I thought only giving yourself a month to build between Cole and Hangman is a mistake and having a world title match in between there. I thought giving away Brian and Hangman on television was a mistake, in my opinion. Talk to me a little bit about that and how that balance works, because I think sometimes as much as we want to say there's throwaway pay-per-views for WWE, it feels like AEW is throwing away some big time matches when you only run four pay-per-views a year and I don't get you free with my cable subscription like I do with WWE. Right. Those pay-per-views better be freaking awesome and they better have a build to them. And I just feel like sometimes we're doing the WCW thing where we're shotgunning something because it's going to pop a rating when at the end of the day, you're still not winning the ratings war. So it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. You know, I I've actually, well, first off, just to kind of dwell yeah. on ra- ratings, like, you know, yeah. I don't think, I don't know if ratings are really a thing anymore. No, you know? they're not. There's too many ways they're, to consume it. There's because not just that, but just for any, any TV show, it's not just wrestling. It's any yeah. TV show. I could watch whatever on ABC or I could go to my Netflix, my HBO mm-hmm. max, my Amazon prime. There's yep. amazing shows down there and I can watch them whenever I want. Right. So obviously ratings, I just, so I don't feel like it's a thing anymore, but but I, yeah. I, I dig I digress on that. Yeah. To, to, to go back. What I'm sorry. What was your, what no, was so, your first? So question? my question is, you know, we, we always harp, you know, we, the WWE detractors, oh, okay. right. They always harp on that. Yeah. Well, I and the AEW that. side, it's like, we're, we're, we're shotgunning these matches. And I'm like, man, and you guys keep bringing in all these guys that everybody quote unquote loves, but there's only so much room and you're shotgunning these matches. Yeah. And I feel like it's a bit of a misstep when you only have four pay-per-views a year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I used to think that way too. I used to think like WCW put on Goldberg and Hogan on Nitro, right. of course, with no with no build in the Georgia yep. Dome. Yep. I used to think that was ridiculous, and it was ridiculous. Yes. But but nowadays, like you know, I get it. They're a TV company. Right. They're out to make TV. The pay per views is just an offshoot mm-hmm. of that. And like you said, they only do four a year right now. Yep. So if they're if I mean, what do you do? Do you build a championship match for a quarter of a year? Do you, I mean, or, or do you do them on TV? I said, you got to get people to watch your product. Yeah. So, but I, I do think, you know, like putting Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega, that should, should not have been on TV. That should have right. been a pay-per-view event. Yes. Uh, and, and they sort of wasted that. I mean, it was yeah. amazing. Match. Oh, it's phenomenal. Very, Absolutely very amazing. good. Yes. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes, that ladder match. Incredible. Yep. Five-star yep. match. Yep. Should have been on TV. That should have, <laughs> yeah. should have been on a pay-per-view. Right. Uh, but having said that, you know, I, I do I do worry about AEW in the sense that what's the matches are great. Yep. What's the story? Why am I here? Like, right. I love the story. I yes. know that you don't like yes. WWE storylines all the time. I know yep. people don't like it all the time, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a story. It's keeping yes. me engaged. They're throwing good matches on top of that right yes. now. AEW is the place where you can see a cool debut. Yep. And then what? Right. And then what? Right. You know, they're, they're bringing in everyone. And I just wonder that they are over. I worry that they're overloading their they roster mm-hmm. and they don't have enough time to show those guys. And right. I mean, Keith Lee had a great match on, uh, what was it, mm-hmm. Rampage last Friday? Yeah. 
Is he going to wrestle tonight? I have no idea. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's funny to me that you mentioned that and I'm, I'm glad you did because it's always been something that I've always been worried about with them as well Is you know, for a lot of it, I've always worried is that they're not developing their own stars either. Right. And it, once again, I, I, I always compare them to WCW because that's, that's the reality of it. Right. Is that that's what they're going to be compared to. And you know, they, they came out originally and they said, well, we're not going to make the same mistakes as WCW. We're not going to do the thing. We're not going to run into the ground, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, with the exception of, I guess, Hangman, because he was on, on national exposure, Darby Allen and MJF, and I'm going to throw in Jungle Boy just to give them a fourth guy. Sure. There is not a single person on their roster that they had developed. They, it's Everybody has already come in with their own reputations, their own resumes. Jericho, Moxley, uh, you know, Kenny. Adam Cole, the list goes on Rusev. You can change the name all you want, but everybody knows it's Rusev. So for me, it's, and it's hard because you look at a guy like Rusev, you look at some of these guys that you were pushing to the moon, you know, Mox is AEW world champion. And then, okay, now we don't see him for four weeks after he loses the title because they just don't have the television time to get everybody on TV. Every time they have a new women's champion, their old women's champion disappears. We didn't see Nyla Rose for months. We didn't see Riho for months. We didn't see Sheeta for months after she dropped the title because they just don't have enough time. So for me, it's always that concern where, okay, it's great that Keith Lee's here. I didn't think it was all that big of a surprise, but I'm glad he's here. But, you know, I worry that it's like, okay, great. They're also, there's a reason why WWE is letting go a lot of people. It's not because they're hurting for money. I know they'll say budget cuts and that's a bull crap reason, but the reality is they're a billion dollar company. But if they can't use you and you're paying you six figures, there's no incentive for me to keep you. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're clearly, you know, I, I, I have some thoughts. I have some ideas. Yeah. I, I think that there's a good chance that they're going to go down to just being one single roster. Yeah. And they're going to do it like they used to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I that's why I really think that, you know, Brock walks out champ on Saturday from. Uh, oh, yeah, know, absolutely. They, yeah, they're they going were, title versus title. Absolutely. And they go and they go yep. title versus title. Right. Yep. And that's and it might also be the reason that Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't defended the Intercontinental Championship in like eight years. Yeah. And, well, he drops so it I, on it, Friday. So. <laughs> oh, he did drop thing. it on Friday? Yeah, he, he's going to drop. Oh, they, they filmed it. They filmed oh, it. And then so he's dropping it to, Shin, to, to Sammy. That's right, because he's going to face Johnny yeah. Knoxville for the. Let's hope time. that's not the whole story, but either way, I guess it is what it is. <laughs> if they want to make him a referee or something, go ahead. Fine. But yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Uh huh. This is the Intercontinental Championship. This is uh, the workers' belt we're talking about here. A we thousand should not percent. Yep. Yep. Let's, for sure. <laughs> not not. Let's not do another David Arquette thing because Johnny's mm-hmm. not going to be able to to redeem himself like mm-hmm. David did. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, back to the point though, right. Is that I think it's just, I think it's tough for, for fans at times, because I think you see all your stars that you saw on the independent scene, but we don't see it. They're not, it's not panning out the same way. Right. And that's a bit concerning to me. And I just, I don't want them to overextend just to then, well, now what do we do? You know what I mean? So like you said, right. You know, and for all full disclosure, it's going to be title versus title at mania Roman's going to win and they're going to set up him versus rock for the next year. That's, that's my prediction. Yeah. I fully expect mm-hmm. yes. Roman to beat Brock rock comes out at and the he should beat Brock. Let's be clear. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a thing. And I've been talking to, to my friends about this. I think Roman should be the champion for the next freaking 10 years. Until I, you find somebody hot enough to beat him. There's no incentive to beat him. I agree a hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. And and you could absolutely make someone mm-hmm. when they finally beat him. 
Yep. Uh, but yep. he's he's just so good. He's the reason to tune into WWE programming, right? He's now. a thousand, a thousand percent. I like I said, I know people are like, well, Kenny's doing this, and Kenny had a great run with the world title. I get it, but from everything, like you said, story, character, in-ring, everything. It's always about the story at the end of the day. Why do I care? Why do I have to tune in? Why do I want to watch you? Okay, great. In-ring match is fine. So you mean I don't got to watch you until you're in the ring? Cool. Every time Roman's in the ring, every time he's doing a promo, every, it's 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 must-watch TV for a lot of fans. So that's and, why and he's, he's number Yeah. And he's, tell, he's telling a story. You know? Absolutely. He's a storyteller. I love mm-hmm. Kenny Omega. Love watching his matches. Yep. It's athleticism. Mm-hmm. With very little story. Yeah. Roman has, gives you a facial expression in the ring and it changes the way the entire arena feels about what's happened. Like, yep. he's that good. And who would have thought? Because three years ago, I hated this guy. <laughs> I, I just wanted him to go yep. away. Yep. Now I, I love him. I don't ever want him to lose. Yep. Yep. They did the one thing they never did with Cena. And that was turn him heel. It's the best thing that ever happened to him. It's great. Yep. All right, last question here, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, give me your Mount Rushmore of wrestling, whether that's – and now you can spread it out in many different ways, whether it's drawing power, whether it's just favorites, wh- whatever it is for you. But what is your Mount Rushmore? Because there's so many guys you can pick. Yeah. But, you know, at some point you got to get down to that nitty-gritty. Who do you got? You know, I tend to just kind of fall in line with everybody else here. Like, Ric Flair, obviously, you know – when you get into wrestling and you, and you want to watch somebody tell a story and want to see what, how it's done. I mean, everybody has, has modeled their game after this guy in some way, shape or form. For sure. And there's a reason for that. It's because he's, he's probably the greatest of all time. And then there's Shawn Michaels who took that to a whole nother level. I mean, he's Mr. WrestleMania, Mr. WrestleMania for a reason. And, you know, by the way, just an offshoot on that, AJ yeah. Styles doing that pose at the Rumble. Yeah. It had me really hoping that Sean's going to come out of retirement. Yeah, let's, that would be let's, great. Let's get that one on the books. <laughs> um, and then, you know, The Rock is is the showman of all wow. showmen. You know, okay. like for me, that was my guy growing up. And I love The Rock today. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not one of the guys who shuns nostalgia or no. says oh we got to push the new guy no like i i, I want to see the rock man i yeah. want i want to see stone cold steve austin in this absolutely match, you know? absolutely and i'm and you know in that fourth spot it, it, it always gets a little hard for me you know because you know a lot of people want to say hulk hogan and i hate hulk hogan <laughs> always, always for a lot there's always. a lot of reasons i don't think you're alone there <laughs> even before the racism stuff which yeah. is just i mean the, it was the yeah, it was you rough. know it's the cherry on the freaking frosting or whatever you want to call it yeah i've hated this guy my entire life just i don't get it like i don't what what was the draw to this flabby overly tanned balding man why is he (laughs) number one guy why is why is it randy savage not the number one guy that was always my you know right anyways so i think i i think today i'm gonna say chris jericho because the longevity the longevity alone a thousand percent yes and the guy he he still has, can have a great match. He mm-hmm. can still do, you know, a lot of stuff out there, but mm-hmm. just watch, you know, watching that longevity and watching how he's continued to change his character over Absolutely. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he didn't just, he could have just stuck to Y2J, yep. but he didn't do that. You yep. know, he did, he did the Bachwinkle thing. He did yep. the, you know, the stuff he did in Japan and yep. you know what he's doing now. It's, you know, I've always appreciated that and appreciating how he's been able to make those changes. So, 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's always been consistent, too. He's always been a great talker, great storyteller, great in-ring guy. He's got everything. I'm surprised you didn't have Cena in there. That's my only real big shock on there. I mean, Cena, Cena had the best run out of anybody, if we're looking at it you know, from a longevity yeah. perspective, being on top, merch, drawing power, everything you want to put out there. I mean, The Rock wishes. Cena, <laughs> Cena, definitely, Cena definitely deserves a, a spot there. And yeah. if there was a fifth, fifth head that I could yeah. put in there, it would be John Cena. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, we treated John Cena like we treated Roman Reigns a few years oh, yeah, ago like crap when he was here. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like crap. And now every time that music hits, I'm the happiest dude in the world. I'm just, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's over time. You learn to respect everything that John Cena did. Yep. And yep. Uh, I wish I would have had that knowledge years ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When, when he came back for SummerSlam, it was like, Oh, this is great. Because once again, then you get the promos and you get the story and you get the hook and the hook is Roman versus Cena. But then you add the layer of them of being able to tell that story and being able to kind of get that next, you know, next level. And you're just like, Oh, it's just, you can just, there's certain guys you feel when they're in a storyline. I feel the same way about edge when he sinks his teeth into something um, where you just, there's a different level between it's, yeah, I know it's fake. I know it, they're getting paid and everything else like that, but you get wrapped into the emotion. You get wrapped into it where you go, I don't care. I don't, I, it's just one of those things. I just got to see it. You know, that triple threat and mania with him and Brian and Roman, you're just like, I got to see this match. I don't, I don't care that the rest of the show is probably going to suck. I don't care. I just, it's something you have to see. So it's, and it's delivered. Yeah. A thousand, a thousand percent it delivered. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. But that's going to be it for this, uh, for this interview though. I'm like, I really appreciate you hopping on, man. Seriously. This is, Absolutely. this has been an absolute dream for me, uh, to talk to somebody like you, like yourself, you know, you're so involved in all the different things that we do here at the show. So I really appreciate it. Um, you got anything to plug, you want to plug, you know, your socials and anything like that for people who don't follow you because they're crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm on Twitter at pod underscore Peyton. Um, always talking my lion stuff. Yep. But if you're not Lions guy, I talk wrestling, I talk movies, TV yep. shows, or whatever, you know, yep. um, pop on, have a conversation with me. Love to do it. Uh, obviously, um, another thing, uh, Woodward Sports is a, is a local uh, mm-hmm. thing that we've got going on here. Really great uh, sports content. I'm going to be on their uh, Woodward Heavyweights show on Saturday. So tune okay. into that and uh, mm-hmm. that should be a fun, fun watch. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I will, uh, I'll, I'll include you in all of our, uh, in our posts of this episode and all that good stuff. But once again, Mike, seriously, I, I appreciate you hopping on. It's, it's a highlight for me as we kind of get wrapped into the lions off season and all that good stuff. I mean, uh, you're definitely a guy to be paying attention to for all things lions off season draft talk. Uh, you're the man to go to man. So I really appreciate you hopping on and, uh, Absolutely. we will talk to you next time. All right. Absolutely. Thanks Rob. Thank you. Thanks again, Mike Payton, for joining us this week on the episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Let's bring in my co-host now, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Yes. He is here. We're ready to go. We're locked in now for the, you know, for the second half of the show, I guess. We're 45 minutes in. But, Mike, you know, we, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've obviously got Super Bowl talk. We've got mock draft coverage to go over for the first time because we're in the NFL offseason. We've got a ton of wrestling news to go over. This could potentially be not only our longest show by far, but I think our most loaded show. So let's just jump right in. Um, we have new Super Bowl champions, Mike Merkel. We do. The Los Angeles Rams, they got it done. You know, after all the talk, after, oh, I don't know if the Rams are actually going to get it done. Maybe they make a good run, but they run into the Packers. They run into the Bucks. Turns out they didn't have to run into the Packers because the Packers blew it. They ran into the Bucks and then they almost blew it. <laughs> and they get the dub. Uh, Matthew Stafford gets the ring. Cooper Cups gets his ring. Aaron Donald gets his ring. Um, 
thoughts. Yeah, thoughts thoughts on the game, man. Because this one, this one, I it's weird because this game didn't necessarily feel like a game of full of highlights. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it was one where you felt I don't know maybe it's because I was more interested because I had a self. You know, I was you know I there was things that I was rooting for rather than like I just hope it's a good game. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you thought uh, about, about this game because to me it was one of those things where like I was kind of on the edge of my seat because like I was just waiting for somehow some way for this game to go not in the way I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. And then it almost did. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, we got it done. Yeah. So my biggest takeaway from this game yeah. was not really any of the players. Yeah. Um, in general, I think everyone played exactly how I thought everyone was going to play in this game. Generally, yeah, uh, I thought like Cincinnati's offensive line was going to blow it at one point, and yeah. they ended up doing that in the fourth quarter. Oh I God. think the whole second half, the whole second like, half, oh, was we're like just not going to block anybody. Um, like, I actually, I think this game came down to the head coaches and how awful I think both head coaches were in this game. <laughs> like, I think both of them were absolutely atrocious. Yeah, Sean McVay. So, didn't have Sean, a day. yeah, so Sean McVay. I'll, I'll say his first because since he won, I guess it's the lesser of two evils in my mind. Yeah. yeah, people will forget about it. Yeah. Um, his idea of deciding to try and to maintain the run yeah. after averaging less than two yards a carry is just so atrocious. Yeah, I, was, I don't understand. It was less like, than two yards. I watch Madden pro <laughs> players who yeah. go six rushes for 12 yards ago yeah that's not working let me just keep passing the ball right and they were like you know what we're gonna keep them honest we're gonna keep running halfback dives every single play they couldn't get third and ones Mm -hmm. they couldn't get they couldn't second and two they would get stuffed for minus three yards losing yards and you're just like it it was just it was literally unbearable to watch And then, so I'm watching that, and I'm like, okay, so he's trying to he is trying to give the Bengals this game. Yeah. So what's Zach Taylor going to do? I see you, McVeigh, and I raise you. And I'm going to raise you a <laughs> so Zach Taylor sitting on the sideline watches Odell Beckham Jr. get hurt, which yeah. God forbid. I was like, that is worst case for you. Oh my god. I was like, because you have no other second option, no, right? It's no. it's now you have Cooper Cup and no one else. Yeah. And Zach Taylor and, goes. And OBJ, by the way, was eating them alive. And he, he had yeah, two yeah, catches. Yeah, he was touchdown. 25-yard reception. It was one of those things where, okay, they're going to double Cooper. OBJ's like, you're going to give me one-on-one? Yeah. And you're going to give Stafford time? Yeah. You're dead. The, yeah. The craziest part to me, though, for yeah. Zach Taylor was they decided, oh, okay, Odell Beckham Jr.'s hurt. Let's not try to put an emphasis on Cooper Cup at all. No. At all. No. Like, they were like... like Super zone coverage. Like, zone coverage. Yeah, zone like, coverages. Yeah. And I was like, how about you just stick three guys on Cooper Cup? Yeah. Hey, listen... I'm I'm in the camp where if Ben Skronik yep. has you? beats right. you, right? Okay, that's and we sucks. saw that Ben Skronik have a ball hit him in the hands that resulted no, in an interception, interception. And you go, I'm gonna take my chance with that. I would take yeah. my chance with that. Other than the best receiver maybe yeah. in football right now, I think yep. he's top three easy. Yeah. Um, just cooking you all down the field, and then on the goal line drive or the goal line play. Yeah. So there's a if you're a Detroit fan, there's like yeah. a famous cl- uh, picture of yeah. Calvin Johnson getting yeah. double teamed at the line yeah. with two Saints players. Yes, where they're just on both yep. sides. They're like, yep. you're, they're not like gonna bracket bracket coverage, you're, you're not going to do anything. You're not going anywhere. Yep. When they're sitting on the goal line, tell me if when he when Stafford walks up to the line, yep. your first thought is, wow, he's going to throw this out route to Cooper Cup. Yeah, thousand percent. It was so, either that, or I'm like, or they're going to try quarterback sneak. Or they're going to try quarterback sneak because it was. I like will a, say, I will get in the defense. I know where you're going with this, but in defense of Cincinnati, a little bit, it's the complete opposite way that anybody's ever called that sequence of plays. Yeah. Like, okay, they get to the one yard line. Okay, QB sneak. They don't get anything because yeah. they don't know how to do that play apparently. Um, and then the second down is when they throw the fade and you go, yeah. Oh, I wasn't. I don't think they were ready for it then. If it was third down or fourth down. 
a thousand percent. Yeah. I think the sequencing of it was like, oh, yeah. what is doing Maybe, it now? But okay. I was, I was but just I like, agree with you I, I was just like under the circumstance yes. of because either way I, you're double covering. Every, every, either way, every everyone looks at like the Seattle Super Bowl forty nine and yes. they go, yeah, Marshawn Lynch has been killing you, so obviously they're gonna run right. or whatever. Right. It's like, well, Cooper Cup has been destroying you on this yeah. drive, so who are you gonna go to, especially yeah. when your other people options or. Mike is aggressive. He is um, angry. The only other <laughs> options you have are your third string tight end, yeah. Ben Skronik, and Van Jefferson, and Van Jefferson, who's a non factor, and Cam Akers, who averages less than a yard a carry almost. Yep. I felt like that game. Yep. It was like, who are you going to go to? Cooper yep. Cup. Yep. I'm sorry, that's who you're going to go to. And yep. they left him. Uh, you, they left. I'm sorry for Eli. It was Eli Apple? Apple. I'm yeah. sorry for him. They left you on an island with the best receiver in football yep. at the goal line. I'm sorry. Yep. Like you got cooked, but like you're going to get cooked. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey gets cooked out there normally. So he gets cooked by Jamar Chase. He gets cooked times. by Jamar Chase a couple times. He gets cooked by Devonta Adams. Like yep. corners one on one cannot guard a top receiver in no, football it's anymore because it's not possible yeah, with the, the rules and the rules else. and everything doesn't yeah. let you do it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like Zach, like. Sean McVay was like, here's here's the Super Bowl ring. Here it is for you. And he was like giving it to Zach Taylor. And Zach Taylor was like, actually, you keep it. You know, I another, don't really want another it. Another thing on the Zach Taylor, and it was thing, insane. I, which I thought was interesting, was the fact that, you know, especially on that last drive, right? Like, we're going to – obviously, everyone's going to hyper-focus on the six-minute drive to go win the game for obvious reasons, sure. right? But let's even say, right – Okay, they don't do anything different in coverage on Cooper Cup, and they just let him get nine, ten yards of carry and all that good stuff, right? But where was the pressure? Like, yeah. where was the? Wh- why are you not blitzing more? Like, oh my like God. to your point, right? Like, let's let's build on that a little bit. Okay, so they have one option on that drive. Stafford had what? I think he went seven for eleven, yeah. right? He had six completions to Cup, one to the tight end. It was the very first first down of that drive yes right and it was a nice like 12 yard pass and i go okay if you're cincinnati you go oh i'm gonna live with that that's that yeah if that's... that beats me fine yeah. but everything else went to cooper cup right other than running the football for negative yardage so you look at it and i go okay even if you want to say hey listen we just don't want to get beat for whatever reason fine and, and actually it would have been better for you just to get beat because then you would have had more time but i digress yes. anyway um you, you don't do anything different coverage wise Outside of the first drive where they got that sack on mm-hmm. Stafford, and then another one, I think, when Stafford twisted his ankle. But for the most part, Stafford was kept clean, mm-hmm. right, and was able to kind of go through yeah. progressions. How are you not bringing more pressure? Yes. You, you mean to tell me you can't, you can't tell your team at this point, because you're playing off coverage, you're not even dedicating more manpower to Cooper Cup, than if you're playing base off flat, you know, soft zone coverage. Mm-hmm. How are you not bringing linebackers? Yes. How are you not doing something to force Stafford to throw it sooner than you want to? How are you not forcing him to fit it into a window to a Ben Skoranek who tips it to you for another pick? Like that is another layer to that where I go, they're just letting him sit back there and linebackers yeah. are just kind of waiting yeah. for Stafford to look him off so then he can throw to Cooper cup. And yeah. I go, you guys are, it, I don't get it. I didn't no. understand that. It, you didn't have the defensive line that the Rams do, where mm-hmm. they can they can rush for. And mm-hmm. even then, you saw Raheem Morris bring pressure mm-hmm. because he's like, "Listen, we have to force the ball out of this kid's hands." Yep. I just the defensive play calling for Cincinnati late in that game. It was similar to the first half, but the Rams were cooking them right. But they mm-hmm. finally settled a little bit. It just. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't understand. I, and I don't even do. give credit for Cincinnati for like slowing them down. No. Just the Rams always have two quarters yep. where they just 
I don't know what's going on. Yep. And so the second and third quarter just felt like yep. – They had one drive where they got a field goal, yeah. and you were like, okay, they got it within shouting distance, and then after that they went like, – They went they went new well, cold for like two quarters. Well, they go run, run, second – it's third and 12. Mm-hmm. And you go, and OBJ's out. Yeah. Exactly. What do you, what do you, you know gonna what do? You're I gonna mean, try to get to yeah. Cooper Cup, but right. now he, but if he's, I throw a pick here, game's over. Yeah, exactly. So, so you can't do that. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that's why I was just infuriated. I I cannot understand. I've hated Zach Taylor this entire playoff run, yeah. and I was like, and then he gets extended to 2026. I go, there you go. Mm-hmm. You're you're not getting anywhere else because yeah. he is not good. Yeah, we're gonna talk about future of the Rams and the Bengals here for a second, but uh, after this, but oh, you know God. the you know the interesting thing about this right is you know the game winning drive and all that good stuff right. Stafford doing his thing. Um, you know, your thoughts on what this does for Matt Stafford, right? I know everyone's talked about it at nauseum at this point, and now it's become a, a you know, like a let's a let's crap on the Detroit Lions franchise as a whole, and, and yeah. we'll get to that in a different day because I I do have some strong points about that, but you know, immediately as soon as Stafford wins, mm-hmm. right, it's like okay, well, is he a Hall of Famer or not now? Yeah. Right now, I am of the opinion. And, and my bias will show for sure on and this, but I think he's a Hall of Famer. Now, on that point, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer right this second because he hasn't, he's not done playing. Mm-hmm. So uh, if that's, if he stopped today, I go, oof, it's going to be tough. You're not top 10 in really any category. You, you've, you got the ring, which is huge. It's yes. a monumental. Yeah. Um, and I also think that he has that mark where you think of Matthew Stafford, you think of game winning fourth quarter drives. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got 41 in his career and to do it back to back to back in the playoffs, taking the Arizona game where they just demolished him out of it against three high caliber opponents to win the Super Bowl, I think helps quite a bit in mm-hmm. that narrative as well. But I do think at the end of his career, he is a he is going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. I think I don't think he is right this I second. Think so and that, I think everyone's kind of missed taking that out of like Rich Eisen. Some people are like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. They're not saying he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. right this second. Like, I think I think if he retired today for so he was like no, I'm done he today. It. I was he like misses he misses it. out unless cause... unless they put in like a Philip Rivers or something. Yeah, then he gets in because well you can't put Rivers in, you can't put Eli in if you can't if you don't put Stafford in. Like, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I I don't think he is at this moment. Right. But with the like the Rams team how. They're built right now and the trajectory that they could get to well, the next couple years and just look at his numbers as a whole he's yeah. gonna put he's going to be top five in passing attempts he's gonna be top five in pass he's probably gonna beat the record for passing yards mm-hmm. he's and he's gonna be probably top five in touchdowns it's yeah. just the reality he, yeah. it's just what he's gonna do yeah uh in that yeah and so in that sense i do yeah. think he will eventually get in there yes um I but i don't think he is like i don't think he's there yet yes yeah i i i think that's that, where i put it yeah, oh yeah i, th- I think yeah. i think that's fair and here's the thing too like like, I, for me, you know, when I po- I posted this on, on Facebook, right, because I was I was cashing in some heavy, heavy receipts. Um, but for me, it's t- it, when you look at his body of work, right? Did he look any different than he did in Detroit? I don't think he did. Not I, like, not like, really. No, right? Actually, I think he looked almost exactly the same. Where yeah. I think he. He took, like, a shot he took a shot deep that got picked, yep. and I said, sounds about right. Yep. And then he had the tipped interception that mm-hmm. was – hit the guy in the hands. It was a little far, but hit yep. him in the hands, and it was mm-hmm. tipped up for a pick. I was like, that sounds about right. Yep. It was really like if you watch that Super Bowl, it's, it's, it's a Matt Stafford game. It's a Matt Stafford game. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you look at his stat line, you go, three touchdowns, two picks, yeah. 280 yards. 
right? What? And then he had sixty-five percent yeah, and a game-winning drive. Game-winning drive, and you go, yeah, that's all right. That is yeah. generally what. Stanford and he is. had that no looker pass, which we've seen before, but yeah. was phenomenal. I'm sorry, yeah, it's just what like. There's a few passes in his career that will always stick out. The Dallas throw to um, Numb Nuts on the sideline. Um, I love that. Numbnuts Chris guy. Durham, Chris yeah. Durham, right yeah. in between the safety and the corner, phenomenal. The throw to um, the throw against Washington, where there's four guys all standing around Anquan Bolden, and mm-hmm. it literally goes right over the fingertip of the guy's hands, and he and they score to win the game. And that throw like that, mm-hmm. where you just go. And the, the throw to the buck in the Bucks game, not because necessarily it was a hard throw, mm-hmm. quote unquote, because he's wide ass open, but the fact that he stood in the pocket and went, screw it, we're just we're gonna go win the game right now mm-hmm. in the road on the road in a playoff game against while Brady's over there about to go beat you basically. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty damn impressive. But I definitely think he's gonna get in. I don't think there's gonna be any way for you to not. It's, it, it, like if they make it to another, if they make it to the NFC Championship game, right, where he has, where you now see some sustained playoff success right he's now above 500 in playoff games he's you know he's going to finish his career barring an absolute total collapse like mcveigh leaves aaron donald retire like barring an absolute collapse of the rams organization he's probably going to finish with a winning record as a starting quarterback Mm -hmm. like he's going to have every kind of prerequisite in my opinion that you need Mm -hmm. to be a hall of famer so there's that um Let's talk kind of the future for both of these teams. Let's start with the Rams because they get they get, they did get the dub, right? Mm-hmm. It's huge for the organization. They they went all in hardcore. They needed to get this done. I really didn't even think they were going to get it done, even as they beat Arizona. And I was like, oh, they're going to go to Tampa, and then okay, yeah. they're probably going to play Green Bay in Green Bay. You're mm-hmm. like, ooh, this is a tough road. But they get it done, right? And that's huge. Where do you see this team next year? They're going to try to bring some of these guys back. I know they're going to want Odell back. Odell's like, yeah, I would definitely like to come back. If mm-hmm. he can come back healthy, right? You know, you're going to bring Robert Woods back now. You've got Cooper Cup. Um, the offense, if offensively, you're going to need to find a left tackle because Whitworth's probably done. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, really, you're getting bringing back the full arsenal defensively. As long as Aaron Donald comes back, I think you're going to be fine. Yeah. Talk to me about where you're at with this Rams team. Can they make another run? I'm not going to say can they repeat. But mm-hmm. can they make another run where they are the top two or three in the NFC? Yeah, I think they can. I think the yeah. problem the Rams will run into is something the Chiefs ran into yeah. in their first uh, Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. And, and Bucks hit it hard last year, yeah. was trying to maintain the exact same team right. relatively. Yes. Like, it they're like, it, it doesn't work because you, no. you have to upgrade because you're not yeah. – like, like, you literally just named out where, like, yeah. they, they squeak by the Bucks. Yep. Yeah. And they didn't have to play Green Bay, and Green right. Bay was the number one seed, and you would have right. had to go to Green Bay and all that yeah. stuff. And they they really didn't even play the best team, I don't think, in the AFC. No, they didn't. I think no. I think the Chiefs and Bills are both better. Chiefs I just agree. had a collapse. Yep. I agree. And you. the Chiefs beat the Bills, so yep. I think I think the Bills probably would have gotten yep. there anyway. Yep. So okay, you had you had a nice little road to get there and to oh, yeah. win. You I don't think you, yeah, always you always need a little bit of luck. Yep. But I think like the Bucks last year were like, if we just bring back the same twenty two, we won a Super Bowl this year, yep. so we should just win a Super Bowl next year. Right. That's not really how it works. I think bringing back like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, keeping Sean McVay and a lot mm-hmm. of the, like, I think those are all important, mm-hmm. but I think you need to upgrade at certain positions because yes. I think next year, if I you, think, if you play like the bills, yeah. I think the bills will torch yeah, you way more they, than they what need, Cincinnati was they able need to help do. on the outside. They need help in the secondary um, quite a bit, quite frankly, yes. you know, I think I, I like Taylor Rapp. I think Ramsey as I, I mean, I thought Ramsey had a really bad playoffs, quite frankly. Yes, I thought did. he looked really bad against Tampa. I thought he looked bad against San Francisco and I thought he looked bad against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. They only threw to him a couple times and 
I, I mean, Jesus. I mean, he almost gave the game away to on that last drive for Cincinnati, trying to jump a route. I go, what are you, what are you jumping routes for? Yeah, did you see that picture? Oh, my god! Like, the last drive, yeah. the last play of the game, yeah. he was on wide the ground, and Jamar Chase is wide open. Yeah. And since if Joe Burrow could step into the pocket, yeah. they lose. Right. The Rams lose. Yeah, exactly. That's and crazy. Go, okay, cool. Right now, yeah. obviously, the T. Higgins I don't put against them. That was clearly pass interference. Yes. I mean, it is what it is. Real quick, I do want to ask you about that because, you know, as somebody who has seen games where you go, oh boy, this is just this is just rough. For me, I thought overall, I thought the officiating was relatively balanced in this game. Yes, I thought it was balanced. I can I can understand, um, like for me, I looked at it because the the holding call, right? Everyone goes to the holding call. I think I think linebacker. if if you if you were going to pick out one, yeah, I think it was that one. But I don't yeah. think it was like. But a total uh, – the, the problem – so okay, here, yeah. so here's the thing. The problem I had with the holding call mm-hmm. is you called two penalties yeah. through three and a half quarters, right. and all of a sudden it went penalty crazy in the last right. like half of the quarter. Right. And I was like – that was my thing was yeah. there was a lot of holding and pass interference going yeah. on, but they were letting them play. Right. So then when you hit that play, I was like, then why I, did you call it there? The way I looked at it was it was a makeup call. Now, I think yeah. it actually was a penalty. I think he – I, 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 see, I, I don't, I don't think, think so. it was holding. I thought it was legal contact. I and think that's fair. Five yes. Yards. Yeah. I, I thought it was the wrong rule to call it there, yeah. but I was like, I did not see yeah. holding. He I thought it was legal contact. Like, okay, half the distance, first down. Yeah. We're rolling, right? And that's fine. Um, but the I think it was a little bit of while well, we really messed up on that T Higgins because that first when you see it in lot in real time, you don't see the face mask and stuff like you just see Ramsey fall over and I go, wow, that's that's the worst luck possible. And then you watch and he yanks his head off and you go. Oof! Wow, there's nothing. There's nothing to do about that, right? Yeah, so yeah like, you can't review that right, specifically. Exactly. So I was so. like, oh my gosh! I was like, wow, this is really bad. And so I looked at it as I felt. That's why my comment of I thought the the call at the end of the day was balanced, right? Where yeah. if you're gonna let them play, let them play. But if you miss something like that, it almost. And I think Zach Taylor was like, I don't have any issues with the officiating tonight. And I think, and even in his mind, he goes, at some point, there's gonna be a call here. That's going to yeah. be maybe a little ticky-tacky, and I'm going to have to live with it because if not, we're not winning the game, and this drive doesn't even matter. Yeah, I think I think the only annoying thing about it yeah. is, like, I wish uh, – it's not saying, like, because it's not yeah, – yeah. I don't think it's necessarily rewarding. I do right. think it's probably an illegal contact. I don't yes. think holding is the right call. Yeah, I thought holding was not the I right think, call. I think there. when you call that, like – third and goal yes. at the 10 yeah. it's just like it, yeah it's just a huge moment, moment because there's like two, three minutes left in the oh, game they reset the downs like the one with ramsey was literally the first player of the third quarter right to the point where it's like you have a whole two quarters to oh, yeah. make that up For right sure. yep. so like it was just like the timing of it like if that if the holding if they called a random holding yep. or illegal mm-hmm. thing in like the early fourth quarter right i don't think anyone's bitching no. about anything ever no. but like i, th- yeah, I just think it was like that because drive. it's that drive in that moment i think everyone's like ah that kind of sucked I, I, but i also don't like I think this is like the least complaint officiating. Yeah, like they let, them go everything. Like, they let everything. everything go. It was yeah. like do whatever you want. Almost. I actually thought there should have was... been a couple more calls. Like I thought there the were Joe... been a lot I thought of the Joe Burrow knee thing. I thought that was a result of the referees really letting them go longer than past the whistle needed to. Yes. Like there was a couple times where he got sacked where like he's getting pulled back and I'm like his forward progress has stopped. Why is the and then yeah. someone going to come in and clean his pile? I go, you're going to get this guy killed. Yeah, I go. Well, why? Why is there such long whistles on some of these? Yeah, plays? there were there were moments where Joe Burrow gave himself up. Yeah, and he's and just they, hitting there, yeah. and they're just nailing him. And yeah. I'm like, bro, call the whistle. Like yeah. he yeah. he's like, I'm done. Right. I'm exactly. done with this play. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. they were I think they were really swallowing their whistles yeah. almost to a detriment. There were a lot of like false starts. Oh my god. 
That yeah. like like the holding call alone. There was a false start on both tackles on yeah. the Rams. There should have been called. Yeah, I was like I was like they everyone's just jumping early and they're just like we're just not gonna call anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like I make I'm like I get you don't want to call anything because you don't want to be the yeah. impact of the game. Right. But also when the left tackle gets a half yeah. a second head start yeah. every single play, right. you're not gonna get yeah. in there ever. There was a so I was of yeah penalties in there too. I was like wow, we're just really not calling nothing, nothing. today. Yeah, I was like. In some regards, I was like, it made the game go by a lot faster. That's it did. The game, the game was, was over. Yeah, nice, the game was over before ten. I was yeah. like, okay. I was like, all right, good. You know, I get to see him hold the trophy, and now I can go to sleep. But, um, yeah. Overall, you know, fun year. You know, this this was a fun this was a fun game for me because I look at even though I had obvious rooting interest in this game, I thought it was nice to see teams that you don't normally see there. Right, like, I. Everyone can say that the Rams are a super team, but nobody had the Rams winning, going all the way and doing it. I don't think anybody really had it. With Green Bay playing the way they were playing, and they beat the Rams earlier in the year, the the, the knock was, you know, well, the Rams can't beat anybody good. Stafford can't beat anybody good. They can't beat the Niners, so Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what happens there. And then Cincinnati coming out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. almost losing to Oakland or Las Vegas week one, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Burrow gets destroyed, you know, against Tennessee. Tennessee, and then, you know, the Chiefs collapse. It's just so many things had to align to get to where we got to. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Cincinnati, though, their future is a lot more difficult. And we talked about this off air. We've talked about the nauseam, right? When you, when I'm just going to label some quarterbacks here, and you tell me, right, how the hell Cincinnati's going to put up with that, right? Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Mar Jackson, Josh Allen. Yeah. Not even including the potential of maybe Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson coming in yeah. to the AFC potentially, right? That's a lot. <laughs> and then also, if Pittsburgh figures out their quarterback situation, right, does does Baker mm-hmm. figure it out? Highly doubtly. But point is, right, yeah. the, the AFC is so much top, so top-heavy, mm-hmm. and especially at that quarterback position. Put Burrow wherever you want in that list. It's fine. But he's going to need help. No, see, yeah, so I put Burrow – I think Burrow's a top-five quarterback right now. I, I, I think he's, like, five. Like, yeah. I think he's, like, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, to that note, I think his team as a whole yeah, is, is you need a middle team. of the pack. You need that team, baby. You need yeah. to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to stop people. I yeah. mean, once again, she scored three points in that second half. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Joe Burrow got them the points to win the game, mm-hmm. but someone's got to stop Kansas City from scoring. Score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, I mean, for you, is, is Kansas City – or Kansas City – is Cincinnati going to be that team where you go – Okay, so we don't have that top pick anymore, so we're not going to get that premier stud player, mm-hmm. right? You're picking 31. And, you know, we're a notoriously cheaper franchise. We don't spend money. They have a ton of cap space. They should use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got this guy, and I'm very concerned that they're just going to go, well, as long as we have Burrow, yeah, we, all of our other problems kind of disappear. And you go, yeah, but as you saw, it, if you don't if you don't give this kid time to do his thing, mm-hmm. we're gonna be in a rough shape. I just don't want him to become Dan Marino, where it's yeah. like, oh, he's got all the numbers in the world, but he never gets past the division round of the champion. Of yeah, the anymore. Again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's how I how yeah. I look at it. Is I think offensively they can be fine. Mm-hmm. They need to upgrade at O line. Desperately. So desperately. Desperately. Like, please. They need four please. starters. Yeah, please. They, they Give him need, something. They quite literally need four new offensive linemen. Like, I like, I like, like, we joke about how bad, like, Lions offensive lines have been. Yeah. This offensive line for it's Cincinnati brutal. is brutal. brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're going against, like, good teams. And mm-hmm. every single play, Aaron Donald beats a double team every single play to get to you. It's yeah. just, like, 
come on. Like, yeah. you can't be like this. Yeah. Um, it was like, it was almost infuriating. I was like, you can't be this bad. Did you I, see, I don't did believe you. Did you see the, I don't know if you saw this, not like the NFL films thing. They had McVay mic'd up, obviously, right? Yeah. And at, before that fourth down play. Yeah, he, he called goes, out. Yeah, he he's goes, like, Aaron Downs going to make a play here. Yeah. And he yeah, I mean, like, everyone on earth knew he was going to. Yeah, but like, like he made the one arm tackle. I was like, he's going to go make a play on this fourth down. Yeah. Yeah. I just, for me, you know, Cincinnati's road is going to be a lot more difficult than I don't think a ton of people really thinking yes. about long term, yes. right? Where you go, the AFC is stacked. Yeah. It is stacked. Mm-hmm. Even if you want to say they're the top four team in the AFC, I think they're the fourth of, fourth the, of those four teams. Yeah. You know, so you go, Yikes. Yeah, I don't even think they can win their division next year with what Baltimore can do. Yeah. Um, I think Baltimore can stay out for one year. I think they're going to be the, you know, I think they're going to be right up there with the Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. Like I, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's, I mean, I have the Bills as my favorite in the AFC this year, but Chiefs, Baltimore, mm-hmm. I think Chargers can be up there if they want to. Tennessee, I mean, Tannehill's like, it is what it Fine, is, yeah. but he does enough mm-hmm. with the weapons that they have and the defense that they have to Absolutely. do stuff. Yeah, I didn't so, even mention Tennessee, but that's another team yeah. that's in this. So I think, I think there's, I think the AFC is impeccably difficult this year. So yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's the Super Bowl, man. How how are you feeling now that the, the year's over? You missing a little something on yourself? <laughs> A little bit, right a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah. What do I? Yeah, what am I? What am I doing with myself now yeah. that I that I don't watch that? I watch basketball every day. Now. <laughs> don't worry, buddy. We got the USFL draft yeah. this week. Michigan Panthers, number, number one, one pick. Yes. Woo! Did you see how they're doing the draft, by the way? Mm-mm. So that's the first round is only quarterbacks. Second round is only the second, third, and fourth round are defensive ends. The like so like you have to pick a specific position, I think, in order to make sure that everybody gets. An equal amount of each player. Are they are they snake drafting it still? I don't know if they're snake drafting though, which is crazy to me because I go, oh, so just we're just gonna have the best the pick of the litter in every position. I haven't I haven't read that part, but I did read how they're gonna do yeah. it. So I think the XFL did something like that where it was yeah. like you you had to pick a skill position player here. Yeah. You pick all you alignment a quarterback, here. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Yeah, but no, this is strictly quarterback. Like I'll yeah. show it to you yeah. off air, but it's crazy. So like, but like they're only picking. There's two rounds for guards, so they're gonna have. Two guards. I'm like, what if somebody gets hurt, hurt. or something? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they're gonna have like a small practice squad or something like yeah. that. But I was like, okay, cool, <laughs> but uh, interesting. You know, what I mean? so yeah, it's crazy. They could probably fill out. A, I'm assuming they're gonna be able to fill out a roster after the draft. Yeah, but the like, rosters are smaller too than than the NFL. I think yeah. it's only like 35 or 40 players as yeah. compared to the 53 man yeah. game day. So that's something to look forward to. We're gonna go over we, next week. We will be reviewing the roster for the Michigan Panthers, and we're going to name a whole bunch of people. Everyone goes, why did you just say a whole bunch of random people's names on t- on, on air? But, you know, it is what it is. But I'm excited for it, nonetheless. <laughs> yes. Ranks on the thoughts on the on the unis? Uh, I think they're fine. I like their home unis. I love their helmets. I, I, I like the helmets. I love their helmets. I don't like their away pants. I think their away pants look like cream skull pants, and I don't like those. But outside of that, <laughs> I, I have no opinion yeah. really on them. I like I, I was like, like I have to watch them in, like, in game before I can like make a yeah make an actual thing for sure for sure all right let's shift focus here a little bit let's talk some lions here right we talked with Mike Payton earlier in the show he gave us a lot of great insight knowledge on you know where he thinks the lions are going both in free agency uh, and in the draft we're gonna stick on the draft side for now as free agency is not quite here yet um, once again thank you so much Mike for joining the show earlier tonight but uh, Mr. Merkzone, let's bring up our first mock draft of the year. It is officially that time. We are in the off season. I am ready 
Um, it's probably going to be relatively repetitive, so we're going to kind of hit some of the highlights here. So maybe find a draft that's maybe more than one round, obviously. More uh, than one round. More than one All round. right. That's... So at least at least two, because we got that pick 34. So it's like okay. it's right there. Let me, let me change this draft out real quick, because I had a, <laughs> had a good friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cool, cool. I, yeah, I, 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 you know, uh, but while Mike was finding that mock draft for us, though, let us know what you think, right? Do you, do you think they go DN? Do you think they want to trade down? I don't know if there's going to be abilities to do that, but, you know, is this a year to trade down? Do you want Justin Ham or not Justin, Kyle Hamilton, right? The safety out of Notre Dame. Do you think that that's where they go? Um, do you want that quarterback at number two? You know, the argument can be made that if he's high enough on your board and you, you fall in love with a guy, maybe that's the pick. Um, there's a lot of different options. There's a lot of different areas that the Lions okay. can go. Um, you know, you got picks two, 32 and 34. So three picks on top 34, you have the potential to get three starters mm -hmm. and that, and that's huge for this football team. So you got one, Mike? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. So you have two, okay. you, you're, uh, you're going to choose. So okay. you have two options. Okay. I have, I think, let's see, you have one yep. that has trades in it. Okay. And one, I believe that doesn't have trades in it. Um... How do you feel? Let's do the one without trades for now. Let's just kind of get a no base. trades. Yeah, let's get let's get let's okay. get a baseline going here, and okay. then we can kind of get more and more now, expansive as we go. This this starts in the second round, so I don't know. Let me uh, what? let me let me find the first round what? of this draft. The second round. Second round. No one likes the second round. Okay, wait. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. You good? Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So, so... we are on NFL.com. Yeah. We got uh Chad Reuter, draft analysis guy. Okay. This was published on February sixteenth. Okay. So, so this a couple was a little couple days ago. Yep. Um, because this is the twentieth. I love. I do ago. love the fact though that at, even before free agency, people have like six mock drafts out there. Go. How how is it? How do you have a difference of opinion if nothing's happened? The rosters haven't changed yet. It's not like if the Lions go sign Marcus Williams in free agency. Obviously, Kyle Hamilton's probably not going to be the pick at two. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We already know that. So. Okay. It's weird. Uh, okay. Here we okay, go. Okay. We ready? Yep. All we right. Good. Jacksonville's All right. on the clock. Jacksonville's on the clock. They pick. <laughs> Uh, Evan Neal, off tech of Alabama. Now, there is some interesting stuff because there's a lot of people that have uh, EK something something, mm -hmm. another offensive tackle yep. who's apparently a better pure pass blocking tackle going yep. number one mm -hmm. just for the left tackle for Trevor Lawrence's side. Right. But Evan Neal is like the all around tackle guy. Do you think guy. that it's pretty much a lock? You think at this point that they go offensive lineman? You know, because we started the year right, it was like, okay, Thibodeau's probably going to be the number one pick. Mm -hmm. And then it was kind of the race to that. And now it's become, oh, what, what if Jacksonville's there, you, know, you have some decent pass rushers on that team. Maybe it's better to get one of these premier left tackles mm -hmm. to protect your actual franchise. Yeah, I mean, that's not uh, it's not necessarily It's not bad business. It's not bad sure. business, yeah, absolutely. Sure. But um, I, I like Evan Neal here. Yeah. Do you, but you think that that's where they're going to go as offensive tackle? You don't yes. Think, do you think they've kind of ruled out the defensive end position? Yeah, I, don't, I, yeah I, think, I think they need someone for that offensive line because they need Trevor Lawrence to do his thing, yeah. and they got to give him time to do it. Yeah, so, for sure. Absolutely. That's okay. always uh, – Detroit Lions, number, number two. Number two. Uh, they have – uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, yeah. let's let's get into this a little bit. We talked about this with Mike Payton earlier on. He's a he leans more towards Thibodeau. Um, just, that's just that's just his guy sure. for whatever reason. Um, I am starting. I tend to lean more towards Hutchinson. I I look at Hutchinson and Thibodeau, and I think and here's kind of how I rate how I've kind of looked at this is I think that Hutchinson has a higher floor mm -hmm. than Thibodeau does. But I also think Thibodeau, I think, has a higher ceiling than Hutchinson does. 
Um, when I think of Thibodeau, I, I sometimes get scared because I, I brought up the, the analogy of like a, uh, a Vernon Golston, who the Jets took at six overall from Ohio State, and what a disaster mm-hmm. that was for them. The Lions cannot afford to miss on this pick. They just yeah. can't. So for me, it's like I don't know necessarily if I want to go with a little more of a safer route. I don't know. And I think, you know, you know, Mike cited the, the performance against Georgia. And, and to some degree, I agree with him. But at the same time, I was like, man, but he really dominated against, like, Ohio State and some of these other big-time yes. teams. Where do you lean, Mike? Do you, do you have a preference right now? We're, we're, we haven't seen the combine yet. We yeah. haven't seen them score. You know, they're testing. They're, they're, they're you know, their 40s and, you know, how much they're benching and all that stuff. But for you – you know, if you had to pick right now, you only get one of them, Thibodeau or Hutchinson. Where are you at? Uh, I would probably lean Hutchinson. Okay. Um, but I am not sold on either yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, Got to give me a couple weeks to mm-hmm. make that decision. Yeah. Um, but I would lean Aiden. I just think Aiden, for the Michigan standpoint, I oh, think yeah, the like storylines like there. Story yeah. there. They're big on storylines. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think he he's a little bigger, so I think like I think Aiden can't be a bust, mm-hmm. almost. Right. Where I think, like you said, Thibodeau has a high ceiling. Where I think Thibodeau could be better, yeah, but also could be worse. Right. Like he has yeah. a he has a much yeah. wider range. Like I think I think Aiden Hutchinson on a scale of one to ten is like a six point five. Yeah, right. No matter what, right. I think Thibodeau could be an eight or a nine, yeah. but also could be a three or four. Right. And so yeah. you're like, do you and want that, that consistent, like six point five, or do you yeah. want a high and, end, and low end thing. guy? Neither one of these guys is TJ Watt. No. Neither one of these guys is Miles Garrett. Mm. Okay. So you, you, we have to put some of that expectation in there. But with that being said, I, you know, a guy like Hutchinson to me, I saw consistency out of more of Hutchinson's tape than I saw of Thibodeau's, and that to me, I think Thibodeau's a freak athlete. I think he is going to test. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I think he's going to test out of his mind at the combine. And if they take Thibodeau, I'm not going to be like, gosh, dang it. But that's kind of where I'm leaning right now is Hutchinson. So Hutchinson goes to Houston, I think, is probably going to wind up just taking Thibodeau, right? Or they take Hamilton. Yeah, so they, they take uh, Thibodeau at three. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just go through all these With, with Lovey Smith. Oof, yeah. Wow, what uh, a big coaching hire that was. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, number four, we had uh, Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Um, really I I really love high. Kyle Hamilton there. Yeah. Uh, basically, you trade away Jamal Adams. You got an extra first-round pick from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Draft Kyle Hamilton because he's basically Jamal Adams. Yeah. And then you can use that number 10 pick that you have from Seattle to yeah. pick whoever else you want. But I, I love yeah. – Kyle Hamilton there, but yep. Stingley goes there in this one. Yeah, he's injury prone too. He hasn't played in two years. That's yeah. not that's not great. Uh, number five, the Giants take Ecom Iganwu from NC State, the, yep. offen- the, the offensive tackle, because yep. Giants need a lot of help there. Yep. Uh, number six, this is the highest I've ever seen this guy go. Yep. Uh, Carolina Panthers take Kenny Pickett. Yeah, um, this is kind of, be- and you're going to notice this, I think, as we kind of go out throughout this process, is is he is really starting to start to shoot up some boards. Yeah, be like if. Carolina's that first stop. They're already over the Darnold thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Rule kind of feels like a lame duck coach. Yeah. I don't think he even survives the year. Yeah, um, it's tough. Which is crazy to me. The fact that they're like seven year deal and now Tepper, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, is like this guy sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. If they trade away Christian McCaffrey though, taking a quarterback here is the worst decision possible because yep. you, you take away his best friend. So basically. I don't know what happens. Uh number seven, the Giants get the uh, Chicago pick from the yep. trade. So the Giants pick Kyle Hamilton safety out of Notre Dame, which I think thrilled. would be great if you get a stud offensive lineman and a stud safety back to back because you're probably losing Jabril Peppers. Um oh, that no. would be great. Uh, oh, no. by the way, I'm going to go on the record here. We're going to mention that. I don't want Jabril Peppers in a Lions uniform ever. Let's just put that out there right now. Yeah. Stop trying to make that a thing because he's not good. Uh, number eight, uh, the Atlanta Falcons pick George Carl Loftus from Purdue, edge yeah. rusher. He's a, yeah. he's a third guy. He's not like on their level, but he's yeah. like the next level of Him, edge rusher. And then Jermaine there. Johnson from uh, Florida State as another guy. So if, yeah. if the Lions, for whatever reason, either trade down or they do not take a pass rusher at two, and that Johnson guy from Florida State's there at 32, I would 1,000% expect. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, number nine, Denver Broncos take uh, Charles Cross from Mississippi State offensive tackle. Now, he's I think, the other one that I think some people kind of have rolling in that. Yeah, those are there's four offensive tackles yeah. I think are kind of interchangeable to a sense, and I think he's one of them. Yep. Um, number 10, the Jets from the Seattle pick yep. take Tyler Lindenbaum, the Iowa in the center. I'm pretty yep. sure he plays the center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your top 10. You're giving Zach Wilson help. Yep. That's yeah, really you need doing. some help. Uh, some of the bigger names in the first round here. So Matt Corral at 11 goes to Washington. All right. uh, that sounds like a Washington move all the way. <laughs> um, number <Wow>. 13, uh, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, Ohio State wide receiver. First receiver taking off the board goes to the Cleveland Browns. Let me ask you this. Garrett Wilson – Chris Olave. Uh, I think Chris. I, I, I'm not, not Chris Olave. Uh, I think Gert Wilson's probably better. You think so? Yeah, but okay. I think Chris Olave was like the studs. So I don't know. I, I have to like Chris watch Olave, and, and I think I'm always lean more towards Olave because I like Olave so much in the Lions offense in particular. Yeah. I think Olave reminds me a lot. Is that intermediate guy reminds me a lot of Michael Thomas in a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. Where Olave is just like this freakish playmaker type dude who always feels like he's catching a 60-yard touchdown. Like both guys, if the Lions came up with one of them, I'd be thrilled. It wouldn't matter. But I always kind of lean towards Olave. Yep. Uh, Number 14, Michigan man David Ojabo goes to the Baltimore Ravens, which I've seen him going there a lot, and I'm like, that's crazy. What a great selection for them. You get rid of Calais Campbell, 38-year-old, right? I don't think he's going to come back to Baltimore in particular. I think they want to pay him. You put in Ojabo there, especially with Mike McDonald in as D.C. there now. Wow. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, number 15, N'Kobe Dean, Georgia, goes to Philadelphia Eagles. Who I, I love N'Kobe Dean, so yeah. that's why I, think, I, I, I named this one. Very, I think he's, I think he's a really good. good player, yeah. Um, some other big names here. Drink London, yeah. USC wide receiver, goes to the Saints at 18. Wow. I think that's a pretty, over Olave? Uh, over Olave. Olave goes a little lower here. Wow. Um, number 20, Pittsburgh picks Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty, which seems like yeah. uh, if you had to pick somewhere, he probably goes there. Yeah. Um, so down a little bit here. Green Bay. Takes Chris Olave oh, at 28, Ohio do. State. That would suck. And then number 32 here, Ugh. they have Lions picking. Daxton Hill. Nope. Uh, Sam Howell. Where does he go? Sam Howell, quarterback, right. North yeah. Carolina. Now, here, here is where it gets a little bit interesting, right? Because in my mind, when you look at this team and you look at so many needs that you have. Now, I don't – if you're going to take a quarterback, if, if you're going to take a quarterback, you take him in the first round. You get the fifth-year option, you just do it. But – at the same time, he better be the number one quarterback on your board. Mm-hmm. If he is the – let me put it this way. If at any point in time, if Malik Willis, say, is their number one guy, right, And but he's – but Hutchinson or Thibodeau just grades out 
much better mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Fine. If Malik Willis is your number one guy and you take him at 32, fine. I don't want to see the set your second option or your no, third option either. taken here. So if Sam Howell gets taken by the Lions at 32, I don't think it's happening. But if it does, he better be the best quarterback on your board. Don't take a quarterback. You have the ability right now to wait. Mm-hmm. You have no incentive right now to wait. You're not going to win next year anyway. So you have no incentive to take a quarterback and reach for one at 32 when you could go take another starter at another position. Yes. So – I'm fine if Sam Howell's the guy because they think Sam Howell could be the next guy, mm-hmm. but he better be the number one quarterback on their board, and I better not see a whole bunch of reports coming out afterwards that they tried to trade up from Malik Willis, but they couldn't, so they took Sam Howell. Yep. Worst decision they can make here. Yep. So start of the second round. Now, this one, this one's very interesting. So the Lions at 34. Traylon Burks. No. Dang. Uh, they take Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. Oh, okay. That's now, the interesting thing is at 35. Yeah. Daxon Hill goes from Michigan to the Jets. Yeah, I think that is a pure. What do you do in free agency on yes. that pick? Because if you get another receiver in free agency, yeah. Dax Hill's the pick there, um, probably to me. Because I think you I could know. find one in like the third, fourth round. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There's so this receiver know. class is so deep right. to me. I, you know, for me, you know, I like Traylon Burks a lot. Um, from Arkansas, I like uh, David Bell from Purdue quite a bit too. I don't think Dotson's very big either. That's the only problem I have with no, Dotson too. And you need a bigger dude on the outside, right? So even say they bring back uh, Reynolds, they're gonna sign. They hopefully they sign somebody as well, and then they draft one. I, I don't know. That, that that one's tough for me. Um, yeah, if they don't, if Daxon Hill's there for whatever reason, and and they've already signed Marcus Williams, if, if like especially if they bring back Tracy Walker, I think it's tough that they bring Marcus Williams back. But if they somehow get both Tracy Walker and they sign Marcus, yeah, Williams, then then it's like then okay, Daxon then you probably Hill's take a receiver there. off the board. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But like if you... I'm gonna put this out here now though, and this is something that I don't think a lot of Lions fans are gonna like to hear, but just prepare for it now. Corner is gonna be on their radar. And it's going to yeah. be on their radar early. So if a guy falls, like that Booth guy from Clemson or something like that, don't be shocked to see him go here. Mm-hmm. And especially even at 32, corner is going to be a big, a big area of need for them. I feel like yeah. they mentioned it several times. I think linebacker is clearly going to be a need. Um, just, just be, you know, everyone wants to talk about. All right, we're going to go. You know, there's quarterback, there's safety, there's wide receiver, there's defensive end. There's other positions, though, that they're looking at that I guarantee you a lot of Lions fans aren't talking about. So I'm telling you now, cornerback is going to be a position that they are going to take in this draft. Yeah, it's I, going to happen, and it's going to be in the first three rounds. I was going to say, I wouldn't be shocked if that 32 pick of K.R. Elam from Florida, because he goes yeah. to the Chiefs here in this mock at 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he just slips a couple more picks to you, yep. I wouldn't be shocked if they that's a pick there. They have ammunition right now with 32 and 34 being so close together. They have ammunition. If they want to get somebody in the teens or in the mid-20s, mm-hmm. they have ammunition to go do it. Yeah. So do not be shocked to see them do these things. I'm telling you guys now, everyone goes in this draft, and they think they have the perfect draft in their head we do it here on the show as well but you guys have to understand that sometimes they're looking at it and saying yeah but this corner is the best player on our board by far that's mm-hmm. how they found Ali McNeil mm-hmm. they, they really could have taken a wide receiver in round three they're like nope Ali McNeil is the best player at the position of need that we need mm-hmm. and he's grading out way better than everybody else and we can get this USC kid quote-unquote mm-hmm. in the fourth round yeah so just telling you now corner is gonna be something where if they take a corner in the first three picks you're going to be like, what? Why would you do that? You got a warrior. You got Okuda. You got uh, Bobby Pro- – or not Bobby Price. You got Jerry Jacobs. You got this guy. You go, 
No, it's it, don't be shocked. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So they got dots in there. That's fine. Who does Jacksonville take a pick before that? Uh, they pick just real quick. I just want uh, to Trevon Walker, defensive lineman out of Georgia. He's that great, huge six five, two seventy five dude. Yeah. Um, he stuffs the middle mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, that's I mean pretty much it. Yeah. I mean the other I guess notable things on here is mm-hmm. like the Colts take Desmond Ritter, so. That they're, I think, expecting I, that Carson I, Wentz is just not the guy there. Yeah. Which, All right, as we transition, I do want to ask you about that though. We, you know, you're the quarterback guy on the show. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that Carson Wentz stuff? Because here's the it's thing: crazy. when you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. I mean, 27 touchdowns, seven picks, not bad year. Three for four thousand yards, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he got hurt a little bit, right? Which is kind of his knock, right? But like, if they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, are we any, are we really talking about Carson Wentz getting traded? No, or is, it, or is it, or is it? Do you feel like it's a bit of an overreaction? I feel like it's an ownership overreaction a little bit, where he goes, "Why do we trade all this compensation for a guy who can't be Jacksonville?" And that to me, and I get it, yeah. But at the same time, I go, I feel like that's a bit of a oof because I'm looking at the Colts' offense too. I'm not necessarily blown away with who he's got to work with. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Pittman's fine. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Zach Pascal, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, Wiley Cox. Yeah. I, I mean, Jonathan Taylor helps a ton, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it. Where, where are you at? With I that? mean, I like, think I think he's I think he's good. I don't think I don't they think should move off of him. Find him. No, I, I, better than him. I I think like I said, if they used a third round pick on Desmond Ritter, yeah, I'm like. At least you have some like if he goes off and he goes three and four to start the year next year, maybe you go all right. Maybe we'll just throw yeah. in this Desmond Ritter guy and see what happens. Yeah. But like I'm not like throwing him to the water. Like I think he's your best option at quarterback going into next year. So yeah. I don't think they're gonna be able to find somebody. I don't think no. they're gonna be able to trade for a Rodgers or a Russell no, not anymore. So it's and like, like I don't think any of those teams would be like like because like I think like the Lions were in a weird situation where it was like okay, let's do this golf Stafford yeah. trade thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think like. Seattle or Green Bay is like, hey, we're going to take on Carson Wentz. Yeah, right. And like two first-round picks for Russell. Right. Like they're not going to do mean, that because, because that means – Because that you're going to rebuild. Yeah, and neither – and I don't think any team that has that star quarterback yeah. is like ready to admit they're rebuilding yet. Yeah. Except just, maybe Green Bay, but I don't think Rodgers would even go to I Indy. But. I don't think they're going to rebuild, and I think they're going to run their team into the ground. But I digress. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just an interesting one to me for whatever mm-hmm. reason. All right, let's just focus here a little bit. Uh, we have a lot of wrestling stuff to cover. Uh, real quick, um, let's talk Cody first before we before we get everything else in because we still got we got Vengeance Day to go over, we've got Elimination Chamber to go over, and we've got WrestleMania implications to review as well. So, buckle up, folks. But let's buckle let's up. talk. But I think the biggest news coming out of this week, though, clearly, is Cody Rhodes is no longer part of the AEW roster. Neither is the wife, Brandy Rhodes. They go uh, couldn't agree to a contract extension. There's I don't know, 30 million reports coming out now about mm-hmm. different things of why he's leaving from creative to money to both to power to Tony Khan just went, no, it's my company. I'm paying the bill. So now I'm head of creative and Tony's or Cody's like, I thought this was going to be collaborative. And Tony's like, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, Cody wants to make big money like Brian and Punk and Tony went, but I have Brian and Punk. So maybe I don't want to pay Cody Rhodes the amount of money. Lots of lots of things going on there, right? It looks like an amicable split from the reports and from the messages that both Cody and Tony Khan kind of sent out there. I texted you about it. I was losing my mind. I thought it was crazy because he's the face of the brand. He really is. I mean, a lot of aspects, right? Like, 
at the end of the day, he mm-hmm. he's the guy, right? He's mm-hmm. like, this is we're doing AEW, mm-hmm. right? And he was the business front of it. Talk to me about your initial reaction. You know what the hell's going on about him leaving AEW. We'll talk about him joining here in a minute and yeah. possibly joining WWE, but just him the actual announcement of oh, by the way. Cody Rhodes is no longer part of AEW. Yeah, that's it, it's it's crazy to me because I think like on two ends of the sword. Yeah, it's like he's like the most likely of the big like four or five to leave, and also the least, least likely, likely to leave right. at the yeah. same time. He's the most anonymous with the brand, but he's also like, but if any of them were gonna go, Kenny's never been there. The Bucks have never been there. Yeah, so you're like like, oh, I guess like he would go back. Yeah, like yeah. Kenny and the Bucks have only heard bad things about it, so it's yeah. like we don't want to go and over the there. The Bucks almost signed a couple years ago. They yeah, exactly. They always signed. Went, eh, yeah, they're like, yeah. eh, we, we yeah. like our indie scene right now, and then right. they create their own thing. But it's like they're never. I, I like if you told me like next year Kenny leaves, I'd be like. Wow, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Because like I would never expect Kenny and the Bucks to leave and go yeah. back over, right. um, especially after all the guys they brought in. Now, like basically all of their friends mm-hmm. are in there. Like Cody, yeah. I never looked at in that group of yeah. like mm-hmm. Kenny, Bucks, Cole, right. like all of them. Like they're like yeah. a clique, like a friends together. Cody was never like Cody's the highest up that isn't in that clique of people. I feel right. like right. Um, it's more business. It's more friendship. business, yeah. less friendship for Cody. Yeah. And so I think from the business aspect, he's like, I can get four million dollars in WWE, mm-hmm. and, and and be and, probably uh, the top guy the second I walk in there next to Roman Reigns. I think I could probably do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really like something like a like a McIntyre and all those guys do is you leave, run the indie scene for four Go years, learn a new hole, baby, yeah, and then and yeah. then you come back and now you're yeah. gonna be a stud guy there. So yeah, I, it, it, huge, right? Huge. Now let's talk huge. about the implications about if he does. I'm assuming he does go to WWE. I would now, assume that too. Now and, and you make the the McIntyre comparison is spot on mm-hmm. in so many ways, right? Because when you look at it and you go, okay, he's gonna leave and he's disgruntled and he goes this place sucks right and then he goes and he's like the face of a whole brand new company that you're competing with right mm-hmm. you know um and he goes to ring of honor wins their world title right immediately becomes the top guy everywhere like mm-hmm. immediately like he is of the franchise for so yeah. many things right and i think it's why it's such a big deal that cody is leaving AEW because i think he is the franchise in a lot of aspects of it right where you look at it and you go when you think of AEW, you think of four guys bucks Hangman or Bucks, uh, Kenny and Cody. That's, yeah. that's the four, right? That's the four. And so looking at it now where if he decides to, to go back, I think it's a, it's going to be for a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, I do think he's going to have some creative say. I think that's extremely important to him. Obviously yes. by this point, if he, if he wasn't happy with the creative in AEW, he's not going to go WWE and be like, well, I'm just going to let them do whatever they want. That's yeah. clearly not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And for him to come out on Raw and immediately become the guy, I mean, literally, it's the biggest acquisition WWE could possibly make. I'm, I'm, tell, yeah, I'm telling you right now, yeah. if WWE wanted to get ratings galore, yeah. the night after Mania, Reigns comes out and he's doing his um, greatest guy ever, and you hit the Kingdom music. Oh, my god! Ratings skyrocket oh my, for the next I mean, week. Everyone immediately. Just, everyone goes, oh goes, Cody's on the Cody's on the Because you know Roman's, and we're going to talk about Mania in a minute here, but Roman, both titles, head of the table, blah, blah, blah. Lesnar's going back to Saskatchewan to cut meat or whatever the hell he does for his, you know. And... Heyman's cutting a great promo, and you just feel it. And, and then, then you're, all of a sudden, and Reigns is there, just like I've beaten everybody. There's no one yeah. left. And now Kingdom music, and, and yeah, now, exactly. and now it's just 
and he is, in my opinion, and we have talked about this at nauseum, where I have been very uh, upfront and saying twofold. Number one, I am totally fine with Roman being champion for as long as he needs to be champion. Mm -hmm. And two, until they find somebody who is a big enough star, who has enough oomph behind him, has enough momentum to beat him, you don't beat him. And Cody coming back, knowing what – it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, my gosh. like It's, it's like it's the anticipation of when he does – the amount of momentum he would have mm-hmm. coming back as a top guy and being, I'm going after that. Mm-hmm. And beating him for the WWE Championship, Roman goes back to SmackDown because I think he just likes being there, whatever, or vice versa, mm-hmm. and you're rolling. And it's like you've immediately – I you know we talk about like the Jay Whites of the world being like big free agents that the AEW could sign. There is no, I don't think there's anybody big enough the outside – like – Cody is, in my opinion, for WWE standards, the biggest guy they could possibly get yeah. in right now. And I also think that because I think I think going into Mania, yeah. I think everyone I guess not everyone, but how I look at Mania is I go, once Reigns beats Lesnar at Mania, right. you need you I go need, you need I'm like I'm like you're gonna go because Rock's gonna be thirty nine, right? Like that's yeah, like they're gonna set up they're gonna try to do that as much as possible. But it's like you're gonna go a whole nother year of Reigns just kind of beating down the, right. the Cesaros and the same right. Shinsuke's right, right. of the world before yep. we finally it's going to be a really boring year generally yep. speaking mm-hmm. but if Cody comes in opening on Raw the next night mm-hmm. and then he challenges him to Wrestlemania Backlash or SummerSlam right. takes the title for like three four months mm-hmm. now it's like okay now we actually have something interesting because right. now Reigns is chasing right. for a little yeah, bit we've got the highlight of, we've got the dream match yeah. of, of Roman and Rock yeah and then you've got afterwards, you've got this undercurrent here over here where it's like, yeah, but then you've got Cody going in and pulling a Bret Hart and just every month it's new challengers. It's yeah. he's putting on match after match after match. And you yeah. go, oh, exactly. Oh, so I don't know. And I'm even I'm even saying in the aspect of because I don't know how the unification thing is going to work. If they're going to go if they're going to go yeah. one championship or if they're going to have I, two I think and you're going to defend yeah. separately. If now if you do the two championship thing, it's so much easier because yes. Cody takes one of them yep, exactly. and you're fine. Yep. But I think it's it could be very interesting if they do a dual title thing and mm-hmm. Cody just takes the title off of Reigns completely and yeah. Reigns like that's my thing and right. then he uh, he does yeah, a little redemption yeah. because then he wins it back say at SummerSlam right. or whatever right. and now it's like okay now you yeah. finally toppled Cody now you only right. have four months before Rock comes back and then you can start rolling with that. All right, let me ask you this: If we're into, do you bring Cody back the night after Mania? Because in my mind, the way I think that they're going to try to do this is Roman walk wins, next night comes out, Rock comes out. That's how I think they do it, in my opinion. Yeah, like see, I, I don't want to overshadow Cody coming back. Very much like, okay, we got Cole, and now we've got Daniel Bryan yeah. coming in. There's, there's one of two ways. I think they either do that, but I think that overshadows Cody. I would, I would because I think Cody coming in, no offense to Rock at yeah. this point, yeah. but Cody coming in is a much bigger after Raw thing, then do you the think Rock that they get it? Where if Roman goes out, says he's the best, Rock's music hits, we get the stare down. Rock looks at Mania, looks back. We do the Triple H Taker thing, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? And then we break it, and then at the end, Roman's in a six-man tag against whoever comes out on top, and then at the end of the show, so we've had three hours yeah. to get away from Rock, yeah, and that stare down where it's like. I think we've already got a main event for Mania. And then Cody comes in at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And now you've got Cody coming back, looking and he just points right to the WWE Championship. And he goes, 
You yeah. know what I mean? See, I think so either that, yeah. that's one way. I think another way is I don't even think you need to bring out Rock mm-hmm. until like SummerSlam-ish. Okay. Okay. And I think you could just do Cody comes out right away, mm-hmm. Raw after Mania. Right. Everyone flips, oh my God. Because everyone thinks it's Rock. Yeah. So when Cody does it, it's like, right. oh my God, like it's not Rock anymore. Right. Cody comes out, challenges him. They do their thing till SummerSlam. And then around SummerSlam time, they bring out Rock, yeah, and he's like okay. at Mania. Yeah, because I think you could just prolong Rocks a little Do bit you longer. Think you, could, you could even, I think, honestly, I mean, fantasy. But th- this is the, see, these are the things that make wrestling so good because you talk about all the branches mm-hmm. that can happen, right? I mean, you could honestly do it where Rock costs Roman one of the titles against Cody. You could, and then, and then he's keep like, Roman strong, but Cody's the champ. I think, yeah, you could and do. Then it. Now we've got that match set up. You could there. do a thing where he costs him yeah. the universal title or whatever, uh-huh. and Rock's uh-huh. like, I cost you that one. Because yeah, I want the WWE right. we or want. vice versa, and, yeah. and or vice versa, and then you're rolling. Now, let me ask you this, right? If that's if they don't go that route where Cody just jumps the line, mm-hmm. right? Do you think that they can maintain the momentum to get to the Rumble next year where he wins it there? Where he wins the Rumble, Cody, Cody wins the Rumble. Uh, I think that's tough. Yeah. I think that's a long yeah. time. Do you think to it would be better that. for him to say he beats Roman? Okay. Yeah. Holds it for a couple months, drops it to. Uh, Name a guy. Yeah. Steph, right? Sure. And then he wins the Rumble. Do you think that that is an, uh, an acceptable way to get that? Because for me, I'm looking at it as if you go into one night where you've got AJ versus Cody, Seth versus Cody, name, name two yeah. dudes against Cody for the title at Mania, and then you've got Rock, Roman, at night two of Mania – those are two of the biggest matches well, that's, ever. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that's that's where I'm looking yeah. at it to go, though, is... Um, or you just have Cody hold the title and you have somebody else win the Rumble to get there. No, yeah, okay. that's that's okay. what okay. I would okay. prefer, okay. is yeah. I think, because then it, it, it checks every mark that, like, I think yeah. I think you specifically yeah. would like, yeah. is, one, you get Reigns Rock for WWE title. Yes. That, 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 that needs to happen. Two, you get Cody versus whoever, and that whoever can be anyone that you want to build through the Rumble. Yeah. right. Because you could have AJ right. win it, you yeah. could have oh my god, yeah, uh, yeah, you have... Finn Balor win it, you could have X guy, X guy, Owens wins it, and then so you literally can name six, seven guys off. They win it. Now you gave them the, and then you give them versus Cody, mm-hmm. and then that's your second match. So, how much does Cody, if he comes to Raw, how much does that help their depth? Uh, I think it helps them immensely. I think it helps immensely because I think he's he can be there every week. Mm-hmm. I think he's a main eventer. And I think he – and this is the one thing that, like, AEW does where they don't use their guys on TV every week. So, like, well, they, they have a they whole – bu- They can't. But, like, they have a whole bunch of different matchups they can do. Mm-hmm. Since Cody is brand new there, him and AJ, him and Seth, him and Finn, him and Kevin Owens, him and – you literally can name 12 people off the top of your head. And you're like, those are matches you haven't seen yet. Yeah. So you could just roll through yeah. the encyclopedia. Or if you did see him, and now it's a whole different ball. It's a whole different ball game because yeah. it's going to be for the WWE title instead of oh, a random one-on-one match. It's literally, you know, I think Jay White also would be huge for WWE if they were able to yeah. knock him in. But like, it's the biggest possible person they could. It get. is. It's literally the biggest person mm-hmm. they could get, and we're gonna. Uh, and it's, I wanna, yeah, it would yeah. be it would be much bigger than yeah. the Bucks and Kenny because they've never percent. been there, and percent. Bucks because they're just a tag team. So yeah. you wouldn't. No. Kenny Kenny would Kenny be would huge. Be, Kenny would be. But huge. the casual person wouldn't know Kenny very and the well. Probably. Kenny is. Kenny's not a great promo. I no. think he's a good promo, yeah. but he's not a great promo. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes is when a great he gets, promo. Gets oh my goodness. Him and Reigns are gonna have promos galore. Him and Paul, oh god, oh my yeah. god, him and Owens together would be yeah. 
imagine. Yeah. Okay, let's let's shift here. Let's pause on the mania talk because we we I, we have mania talk. We gotta get to first. Let's talk. Let's talk NXT Vengeance Day first. Do we have that card up or do you have uh, Elimination Chamber? I, I have Elimination Chamber, so I'll go right. find it. Okay. Vengeance Day, right. Um, I think this is a solid show. Nothing super noteworthy on this card either, though, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it's hard. We're kind of taking a bit of a step down from talking about Cody possibly main eventing WrestleMania next year, and it gets <laughs> me uber hyped. Uber hyped. Yeah. Now, while you're picking that card up, though, think about this. Should Cody debut before Mania? Should he be on this year's Mania in a match? I, I don't say, think so. Say he faces whoever. I, I don't think so. No. Okay. I think I think the Raw to Mania the last like three years oh, have been like really terrible. Bad. Have been terrible. like no no now, debuts. COVID COVID hurts a little bit or a couple yeah. of those, but I, I'm with. But you. like yep. no real debuts. No guys are moving around. Like last it's just year's kind of... last year's Raw after Mania was the biggest disappointment yeah. ever. So I had crowds again. Yeah. So I think like having Cody be <sighs> that big thing that's the Raw after Mania, I think finally boosters. Okay, now this is Raw after Mania. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. That's why because like if you use him, if you bring him in, he's like, okay, you're gonna have a one on one match with like yeah. Sami Zayn. Right. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah it's great. And right, then yeah. and then like when he comes out the next night, and he does the Roman thing. No one. It's like it's like oh yeah, duh. Yeah, it's duh. That's yeah, what they're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if he comes out Raw after Mania, walks up to with Roman and goes, crowd, with, I want, that crowd, with that crowd, that's gonna be super hot. Be nuts. Yeah. You know, it's oh it. it they have such a grand opportunity here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what they really should do is they should, like, bookmark it as, like, you have to watch this. Yeah. This and because they always do it, but it's yeah. like, you never know what's going to happen. I, yeah, right. And I think this mania, and we're going to get to this here in a second, but this mania is shaping up to be a very heavy, like, they're they're throwing some major guns for mm-hmm. this mania out here. But let, we'll get to that in a second. Let's yeah. talk NSC Vengeance Day, though. I do think it's important because they do have another show, I think, coming up. Right before Mania. I think they mm-hmm. had that stand and deliver, I think, is the takeover that they're doing. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so let's go through NXT Vengeance Day real fast, and then yep. let's get to Chamber and Mania. Yeah, so we got uh, Weaponized Steel Cage match. Yes. Pete Dunne beat Tony D'Angelo in 9 minutes and 50 seconds in a match. This was this was actually pretty okay, honestly, yeah. low-key. I thought I didn't anticipate Pete Dunne to win because I thought he was going to the main roster, but um, made D'Angelo look fantastic in yep. this match he really did um pete dunn's amazing i think he's criminally underrated um solid opener yes. I, there's there's really nothing else you could say about it It was a really solid opener. yeah the one match i was like oh this yeah. is on here toxic attraction beating yeah. um indy hartwell and uh parisa that chick yeah uh for the nxt ta- the nxt women's tag team championships which is insanity that they have NXT Women's Tag Team Champions and Main Roster Women's Championships Tag Team Championships yeah. is insane to me. Love I don't know toxic, why they're I love the Toxic Attraction gimmick. I love the group. Uh, yeah. They're all gorgeous, which yeah. helps a lot. Um, yeah, solid contest. Indy Hartwell is also criminally underrated for mm-hmm. in-ring work, but continue. Uh, we had the North American title match between Cameron Hayes and or Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I yeah, I was like reading these names. I, I was like, this is impossible. <laughs> uh, the match went 16 minutes. Um, I wish they would have cut this match a little short for the next match, mm-hmm. but because they didn't, yeah. I think it was like a good match. This is the best the match on the card. This yes, is, it was the best match is, on the card. This is the best match on the card. It's, but if you took yeah. like five minutes off this, put five minutes on another match we're going to talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. I think that match could have been the best match yes. on the card, but um, it was cut short. Yeah, I this, feel like. this match this match was really, really good. I The twist, the turns, talk, I thought they told a great story. Mm-hmm. You could really feel people were behind um, Cameron Grimes all the way throughout. 
Um, I was very shocked they didn't actually do a title change here. Mm. I thought it was the perfect time to do one, but it looks like they're setting up for Pete Dunn versus Carmelo Hayes yeah. uh, via the post-match. Like, you know, he came out and he was like, oh, great job, mm-hmm. you know, but I'll, I'll see you soon type deal. If yeah. that's what they're trying to get for Stan Deliver, that's going to steal yeah, that's the gonna show. Yeah, that's going to be pretty sweet. So. Uh, this was a phenomenal match, though. Cameron Grimes' time's coming, though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, we had the finals of the Dusty Classic. Yep. Uh, your boy, the Creed Brothers, Love them. defeated MSK. Yep. Shocked nobody no, because no, everybody MSK knew. won last year, so yeah, they're going to win this year. Yep. Um, but and so they're going to go challenge probably Imperium at yep. Take a Stand Deliver. Stand I'm, deliver assuming, I'm, assuming, yeah. I'm assuming that's where it's going to happen at. Um, so that'll be another banger of a match probably. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this match was good. But only went nine minutes and thirty seconds. Correct. Could have went a little longer. Correct. I yeah, I, I honestly didn't think that they, and I'm glad they didn't try to fit in like an NXT Women's Title match into here somehow as mm-hmm. well. This needed more time to really get going. I felt like as they were kind of getting a groove, the match was over. Yeah, the, exactly. I thought the finish was a little bit flat as well. Um, but man, are the Creed brothers just freak athletes, man. Mm-hmm. Just MSK's great. They are. They're awesome. Yeah, they're I awesome. love them. I think they're a great tag team. Um, but and I think because of the depth of the tag team division right now in NXT is not as good. If they were three years ago when uh Undisputed Era was really killing it, mm-hmm. they I think they would have the a little bit higher of respect, I think, amongst yeah. fans. Um but the Creed brothers though, young tag team, can't talk a lick, don't need to. They're just they're just they're just they're freak athlete. They really that's what they yeah. are. I mean, like them and Braun Breaker and some of these dudes, you know, it's like, listen, you want to criticize the WWE factory, that's fine, but they're turning out dudes like that that can do backflips and also can power lift three hundred pounds and mm-hmm. lift dudes and throw people in the second row. Uh, you're never gonna get tired of seeing that. These yeah. guys are freak athletes, uh, great amateur wrestlers. Super happy to see them get the win. Nope. Our main event, we had Braun Breaker defeating Santos Escobar, which also shot. I feel like this whole card was like, it really shocked no one outside of maybe no, no, no. Cameron Grimes. Yeah, there was pretty much, yeah. Um, I, I think and there was, was no yeah. title change or anything, but um, Braun Breaker wins. Yep. Good for him. Thought this was he, a he solid, really good. Thought this was a really good match as well. Not as good as him versus Champa. Yeah. Um, but I think Santos coming out with the Eddie Guerrero a tribute gear, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I thought the involvement of Dolph Ziggler kind of being in this whole thing is kind of interesting as well. I like that that because Dolph is a guy who can make anybody look just yeah. phenomenal. I think they're setting up for a big fatal four way between the four of them at Stand and Deliver. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be Champa, Santos, Dolph. And Braun mm-hmm. really gonna kind of get Braun yeah. on that up and up level. Uh, solid contest. Oh, Santos Escobar, phenomenal talent. Um, has been big in Mexico for years. Um, really solid. I, yeah, honestly, I considering the amount of like, all right, there's really not gonna be a ton of quote unquote headline newsworthy stuff, mm-hmm. especially after Cody. Then the next day is like, oh, by the way, Cody left. Everyone's like, I stand. Yeah, okay, cool. But yeah. this is happening. This is a really, really solid effort by everybody. I don't think there's a bad match on this on this card. No, I said the women's tag. Yeah, I know, women's which I didn't tag really care, was but, meh, but but everything like, else was yeah, fine. Yeah, I thought the the highlights of it were solid, um, and I think this was a good setup where we're gonna have. I think they're really gonna put on a really great show uh, for Stand and Deliver. I do too. I think so, they'll find a way to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was let's that talk. Show. Let's talk Chamber. So we have uh, Chamber, here. which was a show. Let yeah, me tell you that rough. this was a rough one. But um, I do think it's a necessary evil to get to what I think is going to wind up being a heavy-handed WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, so we opened the show. We had Roman Reigns uh, beating Goldberg by referee decision in six minutes. There was one moment in this mm-hmm. match. Yep. Where Reigns has the mm-hmm. guillotine in. Mm-hmm. 
and Goldberg is just laying on the ropes, like holding onto the ropes. And they didn't call anything. And the refs did not do any yeah. rope break or anything. And he held on to like 15 Somebody seconds. Somebody called he, them like, oh, I guess rope breaks don't count against rope Yeah, I, I guess not. I and then like he like passed out, let go of the ropes, and then they lost. I was like, that's fine. We'll do it like yeah. that. But it doesn't matter. The fact the that it went win. six minutes, right, you got the Goldberg pop, right, where he hits the spear. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to beat Roman. Roman with the with the clutch kick out, right? And mm-hmm. then you immediately go into just let's just get it over with. This is everything it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Everyone, Nobody thought this was going to go 25 minutes and was going to be a cult classic. Not a thing. No. You got the star power. It's, it's, it's legitimately just another challenger for Roman to mm-hmm. where you can go – and now he beat Goldberg. Check. Yeah, it's all it was. It's all it was meant to be. Thought it was very. Thought it was very good considering what it needed to be. Yep. So next we had the Raw Women's Chamber. Uh, we had Bianca Belair beating a whole bunch of people. I don't really yeah. want to name like Alexa Bliss, Dewdrop, and Liv Morgan, yeah. Nikki Ash, Rhea Ripley. Yep. Um, Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss were the last two. Mm-hmm. They fought for like a good three minutes. Their three minutes was actually not, like, very bad. Bianca Belair does some good work with just about anybody. So, but she wins. She will be taking on the winner of the later match. Oh, man. Uh, But, yeah, so that happened. I don't think anybody really was shocked to see Bianca get the win here. Um, We kind of knew even since SummerSlam that, all right, it's probably she's going to get her time in the sun at Mania. Um, If this is going to precursor Brock Roman Night 2, I think it's the best match they could probably put on. I believe it probably you will. Know what I mean? so, yes. like, let's be real, right? Yeah, I think, I think night one's gonna be Rousey Charlotte. So yes. I think night two is gonna be, um, you know, I think them leading into it. Bianca gets her, you yeah, know, maybe they have a match in between that's a throwaway, but then yeah. you get. I mean, that's a great way to do it. I think they're gonna tear the house down too. I think it's gonna be really solid. Yep. Uh, next we had a women's tag match. I, between... You know what I hate about the show, low key though, hmm. is how they have to like wear full body suits. I yeah. think they look ridiculous. Yeah, they... like, I understand why it's a cultural thing over there, but I'm just like, man, can we just can you guys get with the times, please? Like, women are people too. Yeah. Love a god. Uh, we had Naomi and Ronda Rousey defeating Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Yes. The the big I would say the big thing in this match was Ronda Rousey had a wrestle this with like one arm tied behind her back thing, yeah, okay. and she destroyed. Both Charlotte and Sonya Deville with one arm tied behind her back for most mm-hmm. of this match. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing coming out of this match was that she wore her gi to the ring. Yeah, she did win. I was yeah. like, okay, I, whatever. Th- this is that match where you go. I understand why it's on the card because mm-hmm. you're building the mania. Yeah, but if I never this have is, to watch this it, card, totally, if you just told me it happened, yeah, I go okay. You know what's funny about this card? Is this card reminds me of a lot of the New Japan cards. Yeah, like before the before the big shows, before the big shows yeah. where you have like the 19 tag yeah. matches, and like this is like one of those matches where you just put it on because you have like uh, Naito and Okada, so terrible. you have to put, give them a tag team partner and they wrestle for 10 minutes. Terrible. That's like what this is to big me. Big shout out to Sonata by the way, winning the IWGP yes. title. Super pumped. Yes, for him. I love that. Yeah, I love him. Um, Speaking of something that's actually entertaining, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Sonata. Um, next up, we had the False Count Anywhere match. Drew McIntyre beat Madcap Moss in nine minutes. Yeah. I will say Madcap Moss took a bad, bump. almost died. Oh my god, yeah, bad bump. Yeah, but the match Next. I said I thought that match, I thought that ended the match until I had to like rewatch it and I was like, oh, that was only like two minutes in, and then he wrestled for another six minutes while holding his neck the whole time. This, this card is it's it's like one of those things where it's like highlight of okay, I understand, and then you go oof. Well, that was, that was I'm kind of glad that it's in Saudi Arabia. Yep. So we had the Raw Women's Title match, and uh, uh, the man Becky Lynch beating Lita in yep. 12 minutes, which ended up being pretty solid. Show. Pretty solid. Yeah, match. pretty. It's pretty solid match. And yeah. then you, so we get Becky Lynch and uh, Bianca at Mania, yep. which would be fun. Everybody, no one actually anticipated Lita to win this. No, match. Lita actually had she hit the moonsault like yeah. nine minutes in, and like legitimately, I was like, 
Oh wow! Oh, okay, you could have a chance at it, but yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. Solid. Yeah, it's one of, one of this. We're not that excited about this, folks, because there's not a whole lot to jump into here. Yeah. It's like it's 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 so much of a. We're just trying to provide some star power while also let's get through it mm-hmm. next so we can get to WrestleMania. Yes, That's basically. That's all it really is. And then we had the WWE title Elimination Chamber. So we had Brock oh Lesnar. God. What is the time on this? AJ Styles. I'll get to that. Okay. We had Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, Austin Theory, the champion Bobby Lashley, Riddle, and Seth Rollins. Um, Lesnar, Lesnar wins. So Lashley gets out immediately because he has like shoulder yeah. and every. And they concussion. said he got a concussion, but it's really just his shoulders messed up really bad. Yeah. So he was in there. He gets slammed he by the up. pod. He got and messed up by Brock at the Rumble. Yes. And this is why he hasn't wrestled since. Basically, and they're like, we just need to get the title. I mean, they were going to take title off him regardless, but yes, it's, let's. But get yeah, him so out. they yeah they yeah. threw like uh, I think it was Austin Theory into the pod or something, mm-hmm. and the pod broke and hit him, so he got concussed, so they yeah. took him out. All, right. All that good stuff. So we had um, this match went 14 minutes and 55 seconds. Wow, I can't believe it went that long. Well, let me give you these times, right? So Lesnar comes in at nine minutes, mm-hmm. eliminates Seth Rollins 9:50, eliminates Riddle 10:05, eliminates AJ Styles 11, eliminates oh, Austin Theory 14:55. Title change. Wow. So he he Shayna Baszler this rumble pretty quickly Ooh. runs right through the table and Lesnar wins and challenges Roman Reigns yeah, title for winner, title yeah. winner take winner all. take all at WrestleMania thirty eight because they don't have the numbers anymore know, or the Roman numerals so I have to like yeah, no. I have to like count now so it's yeah. thirty eight night yeah. two so Brock gets the title back again yes Ray I guess it, it's yeah. it's a necessary evil to get to where we need to go exactly the, the day. Um, yeah this show sucks uh, yeah it, it, gets, really it, get, it got rated a 2.21 out of 10 yeah there's nothing redeemable about this really not it's, really it's a ne- like I said it's a necessary evil to get to mania let's talk mania though a little bit here as we close down this show man are there a lot of rumors flying right now mm-hmm. you know undertaker's going to the hall of fame super awesome we've got yep. now stone cold steve austin apparently is going to be wrestling somehow Possibly, yeah. i've heard rumors it's either going to be owens which i think would be perfect i think that i've seen him versus goldberg which would be the worst match ever um apparently there's another surprise after that that quote unquote they're trying to land as well that's something quote unquote near as big as austin which i don't know how you can do that who are you going to bring in besides the rock um <sighs> You know, we've got title versus title now. You've got Rousey and Charlotte. You're going to have Bianca and Becky. I mean, you've got a lot of really high-quality stuff coming your way here. I mean, give me just your rough thoughts on going into the show. Knowing what we know, we don't know what Cody's going to do. I don't know. Is Cody show up at the end of Mania? Who the hell? Like, I don't know, right? Like that? I mean, I think think I'd rather save it for Raw. I would, too. um, Because by the end of night two, you're exhausted. You're you're good. I'm like, okay, Roman won. All right, we got there. Mm -hmm. And now let's, you know, (laughs) let's take a break. Um, You're just rough thoughts going into Mania. I mean, we're, what, a month away from Mania? Yeah, give or take. I think it's a couple. Yeah, 40 days. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Mania to me is always. uh, I think the buildup is always more entertaining than the actual show. Yeah, the show generally. And usually, like, the buildup isn't even that, like. Yeah. There's certain like matches. There's where I go, yeah. There's oh, yeah. a couple. There's like like last year. I was like the two main events for both nights. I was excited for, and yeah. then the rest. I was like, yeah, yeah you give yeah. or takes right. most of these. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm right now. I'm like I'm not there yet for excitement level, but yeah. I'll probably end up when you finally get to see like four matches on each like each night that you're gonna get. Yeah. I'll be like, okay, I could I could see where this is gonna be really good, yeah. but like we only have. 
three matches confirmed so far. So and the three are pretty solid matches. Yeah. But like we don't know what the IC title is gonna do. Yeah. Who knows what Damian Priest for the US is gonna do or like, what tag like titles. tag titles yeah. are you what like are they just gonna be throwaway matches? So like mm-hmm. those are the kind of things where I'm like because like you can have like big hitters at the end, yeah. but if you like it's two four hour three hour days yeah, almost. Right. So right. if the rest of the show sucks, yeah, if you're gonna those three matches sit through an hour and forty five minutes of crap just to get there, I'm be really disappointed. Exactly. Like, like you've got enough roster people at this yeah. point. Make it good. Yeah, exactly. I actually think this mania would be a perfect example of having a one night like four hour mania because I think you could you could bring out six banger matches mm-hmm. and yep. just end mania be and be fine. But yep. you're gonna do two days three hours each and you're gonna have like 16 matches is this the biggest main event ever um i mean really think now let me give you some examples right i the, i think the i think there are two one doesn't actually wasn't the main event but i think there are two that rival it right mm-hmm. now one is hogan andre mm-hmm. uh and two is rock hogan yeah and I, I and I guess I I will put in the first Rock Cena, not the second one. I refuse to ever. I think I, yeah, I would. I think in terms of like star power, I think Rock Cena or Hogan Rock. I think yeah. one of those two right. do I that. Mean, I know Rogan Rock's not the main, and that's not main event, so yeah. technically. So, but like thinking about it with the tight both titles, yeah. Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns, I mean, you don't get bigger than I think that's that. one of those in, like, five years. You look back and you're like, that was probably the biggest one. Yeah. I think right now people will say, like, Roxy. Like, I think Roxena, when you went into that, like, because they did the whole – you were like, you were like, this is the biggest we thing that you could see. Yeah. We never thought we'd see so, it. So I think but that, we also never thought we'd see Hogan Rock, and that delivered. Yes. I mean, that really – I mean, the match is terrible, but if you watch it with the – if you watch it with the sound off, awful. You yeah. watch it with the sound on, you're like, oh, man, <laughs> this is, is the best. Yeah. And obviously, uh, Hogan Andre is, I think probably when people look back, I'm probably I'm thinking probably will people will stay Hogan and Andre still just because Andre hadn't lost a match in ten years. Yeah, Hogan was the biggest thing to ever happen to wrestling, so yeah. it's like, oh okay, yeah, yeah exactly, makes some sense. But I mean, especially modern day, like we talked last year, Roman Edge Brian, you're like, oh my, like we never thought we'd ever yeah. see this for a multitude of reasons, mm-hmm. and you go, this is big, mm-hmm. but then you're like, but it, it's not. You know, Sean Brett, yeah. Iron Man match title. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you just—it's just there's just different levels to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I think this is huge, and I think now next year too, if they go Rock Roman, I think that's then you, then you go. I think that's my. I think that I would. I mean, holy shnikes! Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think I think in terms of like, I don't think it's the biggest because I think in yeah. like I don't think wrestling match it'll be. No. Very good in yeah. general. And I don't also think I don't necessarily I don't think it moves it, the needle. And yeah, much. I was gonna say I don't think it's historical perspective. Yeah, I don't think in terms yeah, in terms of match quality, I don't think it would be very good. And in terms of like star power, like I am so excited to see yeah. X match, I think more people would say Cena Rock or yeah. Hogan Rock mm-hmm. or um even like a Taker Triple H in the hell in the cell. I think more people were excited for some of those yeah. than they are for this match coming yeah. up. But I think double title helps. But double title but helps a, a lot ton. because yeah. historically, in like ten years, right. you, you look go, back, oh, you go, first guy ever to hold both titles. Yeah, you were the, you you held yeah. both, and it was title for title, and yeah. and the star power that Reigns will have in like six years, mm-hmm. even more power than he does now. Yeah. Plus, what Lesnar brings, I think maybe down the line it will become that. Lesnar's but I think right get now, his due when he's when he's finally done, people are gonna go. Brock was one of a kind. Yeah. Like right now it's hard because he's kind of being force fed a little bit and it's yeah. a different match and, and, and some of the booking around it sucks, but Brock Lesnar as an individual, as a performer, you go, 
You just don't. You don't yeah. see people like that. You just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about just a freak athlete altogether. You know what I mean? Like, Cena is the closest we'll ever get to that. You know what I mean? And you're never going to see Cena again. I no. mean, as, as much as Roman's going to rule the roost for as long as he wants to, mm-hmm. that level of consistency, like, never. Yeah. Never again. Never, ever, 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 ever. Not, not for a very long time, at least. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting nonetheless. But that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. We're two hours in. This is the longest show by far in I'm Always Right Sports Podcast history. I um, want to say a big thank you and a big shout-out once again to Mike Payton for joining us earlier on in the show. Give him a follow uh, at Twitter at un, uh, POD underscore Payton. Um, we really appreciate that. Uh, you know, Hopefully we're going to be lining up some more interviews for you guys just to kind of change things up. But um you know next week we got AEW revolution to preview we've got another mock draft to go over we've got the usfl we got that draft happening as well we got a lot of stuff coming for you guys over the next couple weeks we got playoff talk coming for the nba are the pistons gonna make it spoiler alert nope um <laughs> lots of big stuff happening over the next few weeks here as mike chuckled to himself because yeah. hilarious it's fine but that's gonna be it for this week's show guys on behalf of the missing well man he is the merc zone mike merkel i am the mouth of michigan rob mendica and we will see you guys as always next time